You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Recorded live. Black Power, BB48, my old chap, smoking the feet on the ground radio. Should brother born. We're going to the house Saturday. Gonna get it in tonight. Do the family, uh, do the family well. Uh, we're going. We're going to be uh, finishing off our series, hopefully, tonight. We're dealing with the fourth part of the origins of Christianity. We'll be delving into the, uh, we'll be delving into the Crusades. Uh, we'll be in the 12th, starting off in the 12th century common era. We're going to uh, strive to extrapolate out of these stories uh, whether or not there was actually a Pope Urban II who called the Crusades. We're going to deal with that information right there, whether or not they have Popes in Rome already. I'm seeing countering information, some information saying yes, some information saying no, depending upon uh, who you're dealing with. We're just going to uh, check the sources clean and, uh, you know, make sure that we're accurate with what we're giving. And if if anything is inaccurate, we will have no problem with, you know, correcting it later, saying, listen, we was in error right here. But from further examination, we found this out. so that's how we're going to that's how we're going to do that. Um, we have a lot of things going on this week. You know, just our past show, we uh, you know gave a tribute to Dr. Ben past Thursday. Uh, Dr. Ben happened to return to the essence, head over to the ancestral realm. You know, leaving a, a legacy of uh, a work, hard work. Uh, diligence and love of his people, you know what I mean. So you know we definitely uh, are celebrating that uh, that energy. You know what I'm saying that was given out to us through the ancestor. With that being said, those open up my chat room, get get my chat room open. Pull all my links up, get all my links together. Uh, let's see. You know, I'm missing one other thing, no? Before I head off in it in. Get into my room and see who out there in the crowd. But uh, like I guess I got a couple things going on before I be able to open that window up. But besides that, though, you know, the winter has come back in up here in Connecticut. You know, it's supposed to be the air spring. 
March the 20th, or what they would call the vernal equinox, was the 20th, which is supposed to waylay us until what they would, what they would say is the spring season. Here, here in Connecticut, it's been snowing for the past two days. Got a little warmer today. Melted some of the snow that that came in the last two days, but you know it's uh, definitely a rough one out a rough one out here. This year has been um, you know we had it quiet. It was very quiet this year. We you know we look at how uh, so far as we say weather patterns. You know think about the weather patterns going on. It's been kind of quiet. Not a lot of not uh, so much, um, so many uh, winter storms here in this area, but I guess before the, the, you know, before we get out of here, had to make sure that we understood that we was coming up out of the winter months. Who knows? I'm hearing a lot of different things about that. You know, people saying that winter lasting longer. I'm not really thinking that it's lasting longer. I'm thinking that, you know, we're just moving in space. And so with that movement with this side of space, you know, they do this last thing long. It's just that uh, things living differently. So life is just moving differently. We've been on it, you know, we've been on this planet for a couple thousands of years. And from, you know, two 2,000 years ago, they based it, you know, they based in the cycle of uh, life on 2,000 years ago. And if you don't calculate and show it that the earth will also be moving within the universe, you know, maybe sometimes you would have to uh, have what we would call the seasons off a little bit. But this, uh, with that being said, though, uh, so let me get into my chat room so we can get all this stuff rocking, get it open. She who, uh, she who out there, I thank the guests for coming in already early. Um, You say you know what it is. It's feet on the ground radio. Let me see here. Let me let me get my thing open here real quick. Sign everything in. All right, all right. Get this ready here. Going back down. Open this up. All right. Open that up. Let me uh, take this to task. Let me see. Uh, Be before it, Black Power, what's going on, Brother Mikkelrod? Black Power, what's going on? Man, I'm doing, I'm doing well. Man, I'm ready to get it in tonight. Man, I'm, 
got a little, you know, been a little under the, uh, I don't know, today I had a little, I don't know, my head been stuffed up a little bit, you know what I mean? So you don't turn, um, you know, turn back to winter up here. What's going on out there in uh, Cali, family? How California doing for you? Man, 85 degrees. Feeling like King Kunta around this motherfucker, man. Just got through, um, just, just finished up one of my papers, man. So I'm good for the quarter, ready for spring break. You know what I mean? Sat back today and meditated on the boy Kendrick Alba, man. The man of genius, man. Real talk. You know, real talk. If you ain't heard it, man, you need to get on it. But yeah, man, you know, I uh, I listened to like a couple tracks, but I didn't really get the groove down on the joint. Uh, thank you for sending me that. You know what I'm saying? I load though. I see though some of our people just talking about it, telling me that it's uh it's a good thing. I'll be right on in it, you know what I mean? Huh. All right, let's get everything together. Like I said, I had to open this up, man, pull up some of these... Uh, some of these medieval links and sources and stuff, you know, just so I could be able to, you know, add context to the uh, to the story. Let's see here. Uh, I got I got a couple of things open that shouldn't be open. All right, all right, here we go. I'm there, I'm there. What's going on, Bubba Little? Yo, Black Power. Black Power, what it do, Chief? Nah, man, brother in the library right now. I'll get black to you in a minute. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Keep waiting, you know, we uh, are. We're going to wage through this, waiting on the system to uh, get in, load this thing, you know, and, and start loading it up and, and throwing some uh, good vibes out there. But what's going on with you, don't make a vibe, man? How class been this last week, man? No, he hurt me. Gonna make a run. I don't know if he heard me out there. I know he's moving in and out. <laughs> 
moving in and out. But uh, all in all, at the end of, at the end of the day, though, um, we've been going over this. Uh, we've been going over this uh, origin to Christianity for the past three weeks. This is the fourth week is on this topic here. The topic is expanded um, due to the fact that there's so many uh, different little pieces and epics inside of it. Uh, Inside of this time space that we're dealing with, we're dealing with a, a time space for uh, roughly, you know, three to four hundred BCE, you know, all the way up to approximately, you know, around fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred BCE, all the way up to what we would say sixteen eleven, because I mean sixteen eleven CE kind of era, because that was the uh, the culmination of the rendition of what we call the King James uh, verse of the Bible, you know what I mean? And so with this. Uh, with this right here being uh, put together, that was like like the uh, the the overall closing and uh, um, total breadth of what they would want to give out as what we would call Christianity for today. Now, um, saying that within this time zone that we're dealing with, we've already up to twelfth uh, century common era, there's um, yet to be a placement of what we would call a Hebrew or a Jew within inside of this uh, time period. We have people who are living in these lands who later on, who nowadays will be categorized after the fact as Hebrew or, uh, or even Muslim, but it seems like contemporarily they would not be classified as that, but they would be classified as um, separate things, either monolith, monophysite, coptics, uh, you know, monolith, monophysite, coptics. Uh, we haven't even gotten, we haven't really gotten to the point of Mohammedanism yet, but there were definitely not any uh, Hebrews running around at this time. Our people are so-called Jews, I would say. There were no so-called Jews uh, of, of any faith that was connected to that which we call Christianity. Christianity was actually the culmination of uh, Ptolemy Lange being turned into Serapis, the Christ creature, the uh, embodiment of Saul and Atheist the bull. So after this culmination, we have what the uh, Coptics will later uh, be known as his monophysites, uh, and we had the diaphysite uh, split at this point in time where we had, you know, people who accepted the created creature of Serapis as, uh, you know, one having of one uh, one uh, spirit and that being of spirit, not having any human nature. And then we had the the schism with the Dao uh, uh people who were of the of the thought that there were true natures within side of this creature, uh, this created creature, and that it was not only a spirit but also human. This uh, this right here was at the turn of 
you know, I, w- I would say the turn of the uh, century around, you know, when we're dealing with one to 300 common era, we're dealing with this time period, and also during this time, you know, during this time period, there was never uh, any solid uh, rendering of a complete text of what would be called scripture during this time. There were uh, scripts being put together. There were writings being utilized that were formulated off of what, we, you know, what the Egyptians had already been um, using as uh, we would call theological tools, but there was no exact uh, Old Testament will we say. There was no complete Old Testament at this point in time. So uh, we get up to, you know, we get up to a point where there became another schism within side of what we would call Christianity where we uh, spoke of, which was iconoclasm, and where we had the Eastern and Western Empire of what is known as Rome or Greece fighting each other over the uh, notion of whether or not the deity could be made into an idol. And and so this iconoclastic uh, schism went on for several hundred years. And at the point in time where we're at right now, this schism has not really ended. We're still dealing with this in a in a mannerism, but we still have this separation of the churches because of of their idea on whether or not there could be idols and whether and the uh, nature of uh, the created creature uh, now being called the Christ. Like Paul, what's going on, Brother Hagel? I'm um, just, just doing, just getting ready, man, putting things together. Well, I just tuning in, family. Yeah, I just, I just looked down and glanced and see, and see, uh, see you went there. Just wanted to make sure I spoke real quick. Just doing a little overview of the things that we went over in the past couple, you know, the past couple uh, Saturdays dealing with this topic right here. So, as I said, you know, we dealt with the iconoclasm and uh, that whole uh, situation. Uh, as I said, we right now we up to 11 Hundred and ninety. Let me let me pull my notes real quick too, so I can make sure I got. Uh, so one of the things that one of the things we're gonna have to discuss is whether or not the Pope Urban is is actually real or not. Because that's one thing that's not really, uh, there's no clarity. I had the same question in my search myself, Emma. So that's where I'm at with that because I, I'm not really seeing any clarity on whether or not he really was a real person. It's like uh, that there was a, 
one statement that I seen that was made on whether or not there were popes at that time, but it seemed that at that time they, they were they didn't have the basilica of Saint Peter's that wasn't created, but they had already built a couple of churches and they had you know at, at the least bishops inside that Western Empire. You know, I'm suddenly going over some information where it's saying that they are popes. But I'm, but the brother said that because, and you know, so now I, I really want to get into the origin or, or how do we orientate who was the first pope. Right. Yeah, just go back 2015 years back, you got it. Well, we know they don't go back there. And, and that's what, like, when you say that, though, that is, that's the only pope. The pope was, like, at the Hagia, Hagia Sophia. We wanted to deal with who was leading the church. The head of the church seemed to always be in the Hagia Sophia until the major, until, like, the end of what we would call the Crusades, until the end, end of that, when they started to, um, like, the 1300s. It was about uh, 1300s when they, you know, when it was just like really a real split when the Hagia Sophia finally got really, you know, like, taken over. And then they had to make the major part of it, uh, they had to make the major part of it, uh, they had to make the, the uh, base of what we call the sea of Christianity, they moved that over to Rome. That's when they moved it to Rome then. Like I said, we just warming up the plate. Uh, our sister running a little, you know, our sister running a little behind right now. You know, we like, to, you know, this 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 a comedian topic right here. You know, the uh, these religions of perversion, which we definitely thank the sister for uh, putting beating beating it down with a ferocity that only a sister queen could do. And see, like right here, I got this. It's supposed to be the speech at Council at Clear, the Council of Claremont, ten ninety five. Now, see, they got five different versions of the speech. Now they're saying that in nineteen. See, this is what I got right here. It says ten ninety four, and this is uh, from Legacy dot Fordham. This from Fordham University. Um. Let's say 1094. Now they got his. They got Urban II from 1088 to 1090. Um, medieval source book from Urban II, 1088 to 1099. Speech at Council of Claremont, 1095. Five different versions of the speech. Now if you got the versions by. Culture uh, of Charles, Robert the Monk, Gustav and Coral, Baldrick of Dole, and Gilb- Gilbert. There's no song. And, uh, and then we got Urban the second letter of instruction, December 1095. Now they're saying that in 1094, 
or 1095, Alexios A. Commodus, the Byzantine emperor, sent to the Pope Urban II and asked for aid for the West against the Turks, who were taking who had taken nearly all the Asia Minor from them. At the Council of Clermont, Urban addressed a great crowd and urged all to go to the aid of the Greeks to recover Palestine from the rule of the Muslims. The actions of the Council have not been preserved, but we have five accounts of the speech of Urban, which which were written by men who were present and heard him. Uh, I don't want to read all of these different strengths, right? Now, let's see. Now, this the first one starts off, most beloved brethren. Urged by necessity, I urban by permission of God, chief bishop and prelate over the whole world, uh, coming to these parts as an ambassador with a divine omniscience to you, the service of God. Now, that's a uh, Fulcher, that's how Fulcher started off. That that source is Bonger, Gesta de Pifonco, page 382, uh, translation by Oliver J. Thatcher and Edgar Holmes McNeil, a source book of medieval history, 1905. All right, now we got Robert the Monk. Robert, perhaps 25 years after this speech, but he may have been present at the council, used the Jester version. Now, these are we start off with. Oh, race of Franks, race from across the mountains, race chosen and beloved by daughters, by Buddhas, signs forth in every man of your works. Every many of your works set apart from all nations by the situation in your country as well as by your Catholic faith and the honor of the Holy Church. To you, our discourse is addressed, and for your exhortation is intended. We wish to, we wish you to know what a grievous cause has led us to your country, what peril threatening you and all the faithful has brought us. That was how Robert the Monk started his all. Um, all right, this is the, the Jephtha version. Just came about uh, 1100 to 1101. Anonymous writer connected with the bombing of Antioch wrote the Jephtha French form of the deeds of the saints. This text was used by the later writers as a source. And this doesn't have his beginning, though. This doesn't have its beginning. Um, let's see. Uh, let me get a good quote in here. We, uh, all right, when now that time was at hand with the Lord Jesus daily points out to his faithful, especially in the gospel, saying, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. A mighty agitation was carried on throughout all the regions of Gaul. Its tenor was that if anyone desired to follow the Lord zealously with a pure heart and mind and wish faithfully to bear cross after him, he would no longer hesitate to take up the way to the holy sepulchre. All right.
See, man, what I'm noticing is Whitey got a lot of he said, she said history. So <laughs> <laughs> no lie. Now, listen, we got another version. We got a version of Baldrick or Dole. Now, Baldrick was an archbishop of Dole. He wrote in the 12th century, and his main source was the Jester. See, again, so he wasn't there, right? But they all no. remember speech. How the fuck they know verbatim what the hell he said? Well, like, who recorded it? Well, now, this is what I'm saying now, man. They got one, the first duel, all right, the first duel was allegedly this. Yo. Again, man, he said, she said, oh, shit. No. Y'all don't even know how to write like that back in them days. I ain't getting it. What the fuck? Oh, all right. Oh, yeah, this is right. Huh? On Pope Urban, right? Yeah, Urban. Yeah, Urban. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you look up the name itself? Yeah, hold up. I got that on a whole other... Took you to, like, Urbanus or some shit like that, right? Yeah, I got that on another... I got to find that link. Because I tried to find the... uh, the connection to that to the Greek origin of the name first, because I had a hard time believing that there would be a cracker that goes by the name of Urban. And my back, if I just hopped in on some shit, but you know, I was kind of doing something in the background as well, and shit, and somewhat trying to pay attention to what y'all was going over, uh, making sure I stay on point with the information given. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, uh, if you look at the image uh, of Pope Urban, he looks like a flaming homosexual, you know what I'm saying, in a, in a pink dress with a pink uh, a pink tone undergarment with, like, some pink slippers on, like some pink satin or, or like, silk type of tie or something like that. Uh, you know. But anyway, right. that's neither here nor there, but I had a hard time uh, digesting the fact that there's a cracker within that time period of time that went by the name of urban, looking at the way that we use that that word and apply it to things now. Now, I know it's completely two different meanings, you know what I'm saying? That's why I was asking, did anybody uh, gather any research on the meaning or the origin of that name itself in order to apply it to such a... Uh, flamboyant homosexual crap at that time period. Hold on, brother. Hey, bro, I can't get that right now. Let me. I'm telling you, let me. Let me get. Let me get this in, and maybe somebody can pull that other link out. I got. I got a link though. I just have to find it. Let me try to get through this real quick. Uh, all right, where I'm at, man, it's my old version, though. You know, everybody, you know, this ain't no reason to read a uh, version of Baldrick or Dole because his main source was the, was the Gesta. And the Gesta version is circa 1100 to 1101, which is, you know, all right, that's 1100. It's five to six years after he made, he allegedly made the speech. 
So, uh, you know, at least the source that we that's supposed to be counted as as uh, a credible source, at least it ain't, you know, it ain't 300 years after. All right. Uh, the first crusade uh, accounts of eyewitnesses and participants. Uh, here we go. We got the council of eyewitnesses and participants. Let me see. Gorbo of Abbey of Nogent uh, attended the Council of Claremont. Here's his story across this, this is to adjust that they put from use both his own knowledge and other sources. If among the churches scattered above over the whole world, some because of persons or location deserve reverence above others. For persons, I say, since greater privileges are accorded to apostolic seas, for places indeed, since the same dignity which is accorded to persons is always shown to regal cities such as Constantinople. We owe most to that church from which we receive the grace of redemption and the sources of all Christianity. Uh, you know, but the war, but the, what the Lord says, namely, salvation is from the Jews, accords with the truth, and it is to us. Up, up, there we go. Busted. Busted, right there. Now, I got to see this shit in the language they wrote it in. Now, I don't even want to read no more. Because once they say somewhere held by the Jews, we got a problem. Who is these Jews y'all talking about? Because these Jews wasn't existing then. Where, where did Jews come Hold on, man. Where did these Jews come from? And when the Lord had just made crucified and the city was still held by the Jews, it was called holy by the evangelist. He said, many bodies. Nah, man. Come on, man. Is it because I'm reading it? Let me, let me, let me see. Who translated this? It got to be because it's in French. That's what it got to be. It got to be the translation. <clears throat> <clears throat> Damn, it got to be. It got to be that. Because uh, we got his uh, letter, all right, Urban II, letter of instruction to the Crusaders. There's from the Blessed Mary, Holy City of Christ, glorified be his resurrection. Barbaric Fury has deplorably afflicted and laid waste the churches of the God in the region of the Orient. More than this, blasphemous to say, as they even grasped. And powerful servitudes and churches in the holy city of Christ, glorified be his passion and resurrection, grieving with his pious concern as his calamity, we visited the regions of Gaul and devoted ourselves largely to urging the prisoners of the land and their subjects to free the churches of the east. We solemnly enjoined upon them at the Council of Auvergne the accomplishments of such an undertaking as a, pre a preparation for the remission of all their sins, and we have constituted our most beloved son at Admir, Bishop of Paris, leader of this expedition, has undertaken our stead so that those who perchance may wish to undertake this journey should comply with his demands as if they were on our own. Submit fully to his looseness or bindings as far as shall seem to belong to such an office. 
And moreover, there are any of your people whom God has inspired to this vow, let them know that he will set out with the aid of God on the day of the assumption of the blessed Mary, and that they can then attach themselves to his following. This is eyewitnesses' account. But that's, that, see, that's Princeton, 1921. Actually, they ain't got no age on it. I'm really, I'm really not um, convinced of Pope Urban. You know, I'm just, it, it seems more like a Paul Bunyan type of tale, you know, where they, you know, they just want to give uh, uh, a good look that somebody was such a uh, valiant, you know, he was a valiant uh, 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 white man looking to do good for the people. So what he did was he took and you know made the call to 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 free up the land for the people. Sound nonsensical to me. I really don't really don't trust them at all with this shit. It's not sounding good. Uh, not culture at all. Not passing the smell test at all. But this guy here, though, is is said to be the headed. He's the head. He was the one who was supposed to head up the uh, situation. This is Pope Urban. Um, let me see. Let me see if I can find the the link for his name. I got it. I know it's not an old word, though. I know that much. Let me see. Uh, oh, 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 all right. Here we go. Uh, Urban. Uh, where the hell? All right. Uh, proper name from Latin, Urbanus, refined, courteous, literally, of a city. So it means refined and courteous. So, you know, I could see a Pope being named Courteous. They name him Urban. Um, it's a characteristic of city life pertaining to cities in the 1610s, but rare before 1830s. From Latin Urbanus, uh, Uh, all right, it's a proper name. That's what they say. See, it's a masculine. It's a. It's a. It's a they. They got it as a masculine name. You hear me, brother? Hey, Ruth. They say Urban is a prop. Is a proper uh, man's name, a masculine name, anyway. I don't know if Hey Ruth got that. Yeah, they got, but, a, they got a football coach named Urban, Urban Meyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know the thing that was uh the thing that's interesting here is that they said that it was rare before the eighteen thirties, but they they had it going back all the way to the early seventeen hundreds of seventeenth century. 
but they really don't have anything for the 17th century. If you're looking at the uh, at least uh, the etymological uh, dictionary online. And wasn't you reading from the 11th century? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> History, man. <laughs> so they just start naming people urban. They wrote the book. No, the book was the book that was that this was coming out. That was printed like eighteen ninety, thing like eighteen ninety three, eighteen ninety five, nineteen ten, nineteen oh five. This is when these books that are that have been published are uh, published when they're speaking to these of uh, these people. So. You know, that's like the thing where, where we were coming up with Julius, Justin, um, you know, um, Justinian, and all of that. We done with people who who have a habitual, who habitually push the line. They name change. They habitually, you know, they can't never keep anything exactly what it, what it is. And I don't understand why they have to change the name. Like, how does a name not transfer? A name is a name. Like, I don't have to call you a different name. If your name is, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, whatever it is, like, you know, Muslim dudes come over here, you know, joking name Khaled or whatever, your name is, uh, you know, uh, Kareem or whatever have you, you don't all of a sudden call yourself nothing else. You don't call yourself the definition of the word. You still call yourself Kareem. There's no... There's no reason to, there's no, uh, like, what's the transfer with a name? How does the name change meaning? You know, like, uh, I'll you say, uh, let me see. All right, I might say pink, right? But pink don't transfer over in Spanish. You've got to say Rosado. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's, so you got to change that. But if my name James, you know what I'm saying? And I'm talking to somebody who speak. You know, I'm talking to somebody who speak Zulu. My name's still gonna be James. Don't turn to nothing else. Now, whatever else we talking around, that might be different. But my name is still my name. It can't be. How how do that change to something else? But you know, we're dealing in a funny, a funny land. But it's real funny style. But like we said, we found a lot of inconsistencies with that right there. There's another inconsistency. Um, after looking, that was another inconsistency right there, though, a big one, where the name etymologically isn't showing an existence before the 17th century. So in the 11th century, why would he, I mean, in the 12th century, why would you? Hold on, hold on. Even in the Latin? Yeah, in the Latin, the earliest is 17th century. Yeah. Now, now, now you on where I got stuck at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, you can only go back so far, and you're looking at the time frame of which they're telling you that the name was being used, and then you're looking at the time frame of which this pope existed. The name wasn't even being used, and so it's like, yo, who is this motherfucker? You know what I'm saying? Or is it just another one of them uh, mystic, uh, mystic uh, I didn't exist superheroes created 
to tell a story, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's Captain Crusade right there, Black. Indeed. Urban, yeah, the Captain Crusade. Said that right. But now that's the, that's the thing. It's like when you're looking at it, I'm like, yo, what's going on here? What's going on? Why is he, you know, how do you, uh, how does this occur? How does this occur with no problem? You know what I mean? How in the hell do we get, uh, matter of fact, let me, let me find that. So I'm going to plug it into the chat room so the people can see what we're talking about. It's just proving all this shit is really his story. You know what I mean? No facts, no human facts. Straight his story. Yeah, what the? Where is this at? Yeah, oh, there we go. Mm-mm. I'm going to plug this into the chat room real fast. I'm going to find it again. It's just like, but I don't, I don't know much about the history of linguistics, you know what I'm saying? But I do know that when you look at old Greek and you look at old Coptic, you know what I'm saying? And this is a conversation we can have later. They are identical, you know what I'm saying, to where it actually looks like the same exact language, you know what I'm saying? Or the well, Greek and the Coptic. Because they are the yeah. same language. Because the Greek didn't have no language to the cops gave it to them. So, you know, where I went that, when you look at, you know, last time, I'm going to keep the short because it really ain't got nothing to do. It has very little to do with what you're talking about, depending on how you look at it. When you look at Champollion, right? You say he was able to decipher the meta right? Because he knew old Coptic uh, language and he knew old Greek, right? But if you take the Metaneta and you take old Egyptian Coptic and you take old ancient Greek, if you want to call it that, the only two that you'll be able to actually decipher or have any clear understanding is the ancient Coptic into Greek, you know what I'm saying? But you won't be able to pull none of that out of the metanetta, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, how do you even come close to saying that this helps you to understand a language that you've never heard spoken and that you've never really had anybody be able to teach you the fundamentals of it and break it down to you so that it makes sense and it becomes something of understanding, not just looking at an image and say, well, in this image, I see somebody washing their face. So this image must stand for the fact that somebody's washing their face. And it could be something completely different. Because I'm saying, when you look at those that write shit in the history, when it comes to a point to where either they're making up the story or they don't have enough fact or evidence to make it, you know, fill in the gaps, it's like they'll tell you anything. Like, they'll just make up some shit. And it's the same thing we look at now with this uh, Pope Urban and shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, uh, we don't know what came first, which information came first, but it's like when they hit the actual printing press for it to be talked to you, it's like, look, man, 
the motherfucker lived in this time period. You know what I'm saying? But then when you go dig it and you do the research, you ain't finding nobody with that name in that time period. So it's like, yo, y'all got to go back to the drawing board again. They, they, they probably actually thought that we would actually never be smart enough to go do our homework and do the research on this shit and just eat it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's where the lies are buried, and the lie buried. I'm going to say, when you look at the word history, there's something you said when you kept saying this history. I've heard that a lot, you know, even before I was awakened, you know what I'm saying? I think when you look at history, that's bullshit. We'll call it history. But when we look at history that has a mark of our achievements throughout, you know, a course of time of our greatness, even though time has been uh, thrown out of place and through history defies time as a lie, you know what I'm saying? We need to come up with another term for our story and our achievements and our greatness that separates itself from his story because they're not one and the same. It's completely different. You know what I'm saying? His story is whatever he wanted to be. Our story, our history, our greats, our achievements is actual monumental marking stones, you know what I'm saying, and the greatness of our civilizations and peoples. So I'm going to leave it at that and let the brother go on and continue, you know, putting out that good knowledge. But like I said, I kind of got off topic and off course. Where are you right on that, though, brother? Hey, Ruth, we need an uh, African bio, uh, autobiography. You feel me? What the hell? Oh, all right. Yeah, uh, you saying that? They, you know, that's what some of our, some of our people are doing now. We gotta, we have to take and write this in our own story. That's the number one thing, man. We gotta create our own story to tell our own shit our own way, man. Um, we're not gonna never be able to, you know. We can't duplicate the past. All we can do is look at it and create better. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to be able to just duplicate that. We got to look at it, don't stand on the shoulders of it, you know what I'm saying, and create better. So here we got the perfect opportunity, man, as Africans here in this wilderness, to create our own, in our own, uh, you know, our own style right here. We got our own, you know, we can rehab that. That's, that's where we at is to creating a new culture that will keep us right, you know what I'm saying, and help us defeat. All our goddamn enemies and all the shit that's fucking us over. That's what that's what our that's where we at with it. That's what we really gotta be doing is really building something for ourselves because no matter what, we're in a new whole other type of system. And when you're in a system like this, man, you're gonna have to create some shit that's gonna really be able to help you be able to manifest that freedom for your own self here. Because freedom somewhere else is not freedom is not freedom here. You know, everybody got a different context for what they need. So uh, the fight going to be different depending upon where you at and who you're dealing with. So that's why we're building this thing up right now. Um, get out. Don't one of the things that I'm going to say, number one, don't man, get out into the community, man. Do something with, do some, do some shit in the community with your people. That's, that's number one, man. Make sure you do that. Because that's what we have to do. In order to, and, and why I'm saying that is because then you be in touch with what the people need. Man, you got to be in touch because it got to be a, a, 
uh, uh, ever evolving new system. You know what I mean? We got to be able to add shit in and take shit out as, as need be because we're creating this shit on the fly. Then get with a couple people in your neighborhood. That you used to, you know, you putting in that, putting in that work in your own home and all that. And then you get out there in the neighborhood, grab a couple of people up, y'all put that shit, y'all lay that plan down together, move forward. You know what I'm saying? Something y'all self up. Man, somebody got wild noise in the background. I don't know who that is. Let me see. Thank you very much. That was uh, nice of you. Turn that noise down. <laughs> nah, all right. Let's see what we got. What else I got rocking up in here? So I really didn't want to uh, go all the way into it. Uh, deal with this little overview because like we can't get past this one right here. Let me see the feature of the orthodoxy. No, that's not. All right. Yeah, I went over the medieval sources, all right. Wasn't his time period supposed to be like 1088 or something like that? Like between uh-huh. that and like, wasn't his time period supposed to be like 1088 or like something up in there? Yeah, 1088, like 11 or something years. Yeah, but like, 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 yo, now this is the thing, right? Is that, um, he's supposed to did this speech in 1095. He couldn't have been, he couldn't have, because like, he had to live more than 11 years. See, they don't have no full like like all right. I'm gonna pull up his. I'm gonna pull up his wiki. I'm gonna pull up his wiki real quick. Let me pull that up. Yeah, I'm gonna pull his wiki up real quick, right? All right, ten forty two. And he was the Pope for 11 years. He was a Pope from 1088 to 1099. That's what, when you say 1088, that's what it was. He was the Pope for that at that point, at that time period. But he was allegedly born 1042 in France. And he was born Otho de, de Legory. Uh, yeah, because his actual name is something else. I remember uh, finding that. Yeah, his name is o- Otho. <laughs> uh, 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 Otto, uh, Otto. Uh, uh, you know, you know. So Otho, Otto, Otto. Original name Otto of Chantillon, sur Monet, or Otto of Loggery. Uh, of Langier, French Odon, or Udes de Chaton, Sur Monet, or de Langier, or de Langier. 
let's see what the Britannica, how the Britannica doing. Yeah, the Hope, Hope, Hope also was the poly set up, man. Motherfucker be up early in the morning pushing a little cart ring in the south and shit. Nah, but y'all you know, see, that's what I'm saying now. He's born in 1935 right here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. What? Oh, brother, he was not talking to me. He's talking to somebody else. Now, they say, see, in this say he born 1035, right? We got another one say he born 1042. I thought that's, that's just saying. Uh, we can't even get away from this this crazy shit right here. Same here, 1042. Wiki got 1042. Encyclopedia Britannica got uh, 1035. I think I'm going to go with the. Let me see. The University of Michigan. Let's see what University of Michigan. University of Michigan got 1035. Now, they see, see, that's what, um, now, did you see that note where they were talking about there was no Pope inside uh, Rome because the uh, St. Peter's had not been created yet? Brother Mikara. Brother Mikara. What happened to Mikara? Mikara, you is your mic on mute? I surely can't hear you. Might be in the world a little bit. Let me let me pull this urban second information up. Huh? Anyway. Anyway, I got them at um, 10.35 right here, uh, 10.35 to uh, 10.99. And they tell the same story. Uh, they say everybody was encouraged to go out and fight in Byzantine and Byzantium, but except for the people who lived in Spain, they said the Spanish were encouraged to fight. Um, it says the Muslims in Spain instead of in the Middle East. But again, when they still use this term Muslim, this is really like uh, back history. That's like going back. That's like saying a name now. And because you call them that now, you just go back and just say, fuck it, we'll label that back for that time period. So when we're dealing with this, you know, uh, especially when looking at uh, who went up into Spain, they were Arabs. Again, we could say that they were practicing a, uh, a, they were practicing the Coptic religion. 
which is which is basically what the Christianity was. Like it's all one big thing, just everybody spent off and called it something what they wanted to call it because they wanted to utilize it as a political system in order for them to uh talk to the, and able to give the people something to believe in that could be outside of the rulers. So then that way, um, you know, you could never you know, you could never question it, like, you know what I'm saying? You can't question God. Whatever you say it is what it is, you know what I'm saying? There's no question for that. There's, you know, there's nobody who could put God up under the microscope. You can't put God on the hot seat. Like, yo, look, man, you did, you said this, that, and the third. This right here happened, woo, woo, woo. You know what I'm saying? You could do that to any other leader. You can put them on the hot seat immediately. But with God, you can't do that. So the leaders at that point in time understood that they needed something that was infallible and that could not be questioned. And you can't question the laws of God. So at this point in time, when we talk about um, the 12th, uh, the 12th century, what was going on was that the Turks had made a large advance in the area that we call the Middle East. They had come in, and they had basically conquered all of uh, all of that area that they call the Middle East, except for basically Constantinople. And Constantinople, as it started out uh, with dealing with Constantine, was the uh, leading uh, pusher and purveyor of what is known as the Christian faith, especially here in the East. Uh, in the East, and so uh, over a point in time, what happened was the Turks came in, began to conquer a large amounts of this land, which also stifled trading. So trading had begun had become stifled by this uh, Turkish onslaught of Monoists who had, you know, and um. So with this going on, you had not only had them, but you had also those who practiced the uh, Zoroastrianism come right in during that time period and just take over from uh, roughly, for for roughly, you know, uh, well, 400 years, easy. Well, I think about 700 to, to 1100 to when they decided to start come, trying to come back, you know, for like, you know, they, were, they just had taken over the whole area. So after uh, this had been completed, you know, after this takeover had been, uh, been completed, uh, literally, you know, with just only one city to be taken over, which had eventually been taken over by uh, Saladin, but it got to be later on until the Crusades, one of the reasons for coming back after, you know, uh, after they initially went in in 1096, they would uh, have to go back in again. But like, as I was as I was stating, though the the original premise though was basically because land was being taken and the routes of trade were being cut off and stifled. So with these routes of trade being cut off and stifled, having also the uh, Arab coming up through Spain also taking over land, it, what it did was put Europe into a bind of starvation and especially not only uh, you know. Uh, food, but economically, they were economically stifled. You know, the expansion had ended. The expansion of the Roman Empire had ended and was dwindling uh, uh, with a exorbitant speed. You know, so you know we, they could see it just dying out right before their eyes. So this was one of the reasons for the call for the quote unquote crusades was because of this and the need to regain some of the political stronghold 
that they had because, you know, besides that, once they started to lose this land, it also, it, what it does is it also causes infighting with inside this country because now no one is looking at the people as a strong leader. So these were some of the real causes behind what we call the Crusades. And uh, let's see where else we have to go to with this. Matter of fact, let me, let me pull my other book out. Because as I said, the sister, she's headed on her way to the lab. And we normally have her guiding us through, and I'm just be coming on doing cleanup. Uh, let's see, let me see. Open my open my links up. No, no. The speech of no, no. no Cambridge Journal. No, that's for Solid Day. All right, we gotta get to Solid Day first before we before we hit that. All right, here we go. Now, all right, this is, uh, let me see, let me give a little little background right here. We're going to come up to what was going on right there in, uh, in what they would call Jerusalem, what they would, uh, you know, the Holy Land. Um, the Archbishop, this is dealing with way of tired. Um, the Archbishop, and you know, oh, uh, shit, I don't even start there. But we're going to start, we'll start there. Uh, way of tired. Uh, William Attire was a, he was an archbishop, chancellor of the Latin Kingdom of Jerusalem, and historian of the last century of the kingdom before his come down to Saul and Saladin in 1187. This was William Attire, 1130-1184. William was born in the Crusading Kingdom of Jerusalem. Uh, he also rose there. Uh, he spoke the French language. He also assumed the cognition of Eastern languages, Arabic, Greek, Hebrew, and Persian. These abided him in good place in his later life history. William's parents were credibly of a base origin, but William's scholastic aptitude made him a likely candidate for the priesthood. Uh, between 1163 and 1167, William was a candidate in the Cathedral Christian Church of Tyre. Uh, he was Elect by King Almaric to get the historian of, uh, of the kingdom and was advanced to Archdeacon of Tyre and William Child of Rome and Constantinople in the following years before appointing a tutor to Almaric's son Baldwin in 1170. Uh, by 1176, William was absorbed in delicacy as well as his official obligation as chancellor and historian. Uh, William attended the third Lateran Council in Italy in 1178. Uh, hold on, before we do that, though.
All right. The third council, let me see. We're going to get into the Terran council. Which was, uh, that was supposed to be uh, called by uh, Pope Alexander. Uh, the this uh, the particular object of this council was put an end to the schism within the church and the quarrel between the emperor and the papacy. This was uh, they was trying to figure out who was really running the church, whether it was the pope was running the church uh, singly by itself, or whether or not the ruler of the land had not only dual uh, power but ultimate power over what was being said and done in the church. So, uh, as I said, this is the Maturing uh, Council. Uh, it was initially called 1178. This was uh, the third part was 1179. We got, there were three of these councils as far as what I know it was three, there were three councils. There might, might have been more. Uh, but you know that's and when I say that there might have been more. That's the same way that they do with the Crusades. It's depending upon depending upon what historian you're dealing with. You can get up to nine Crusades. You know um, they don't count every Crusade that goes into uh, the Middle East as a Crusade. There are other Crusades, other uh, places that are. Uh, that are being uh, stressed by foreigners that when they go in, they go in under the guise of bringing back religion and, and they are uh, naming these these excursion crusades also. But as I said, this is dependent upon which historians you, uh, you're dealing with. Uh, I have one where there's up to nine crusades. So... No, I mean you. You really gotta. You really gotta uh, be careful of this situation. Uh, you know, this is some of the. Uh, see, I, I I really don't want to keep using this because they keep on telling me that these is Muslims, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna call them. I'm gonna call a Muslim for the for the sake of the conversation. You know, uh, we had several people who were uh, moving forces with this side of the, of the crusade, but we really want to deal with the uh, with some of the head people. You know, we have uh, Baldwin, Baldwin, who was a Norman, and uh, he he was a uh, he was uh, recognized as uh, Baldwin of Bologna and the head lay leader of the first crus- uh, crusade. He uh, ruled at a point in time as a king of Jerusalem from 1100 to 1118. Uh, uh, Baldwin, Baldwin uh, he entered the crusade with his brothers, who was Eustace and Godfrey of Bouillon. Baldwin shortly departed the primary ar- army to constitute himself in Edessa 
a Byzantine town on the far side of the Euphrates rivers at the invitation of Armenian priest Thoros. Upon, upon the latter's death in 1098, Baldwin got head of the first crusading state in the east. His wife, Gabriel Tosni, died briefly. This successful adventure, and Baldwin soon attested his location by marrying an Armenian princess called Arda. As Gabriel Bullion died in 1100, a group of military knights in Jerusalem inquired Baldwin to succeed him. This is this is set, this is this sequence this sequence was contradicted by the patriarch Danbert, who willed to assert his ecclesiastic uh, control of the city and by the crusader Tancred, who was specially used to which Baldwin might assign his new power. As we said, they were still dealing with you know, they still dealing with the uh the the power change of whether or not the Sitting, acting ruler, or the head of the church was the uh, named bishop. Uh, let's see here. Let me see what else Baldwin did. Uh, uh, Baldwin, but he, you know, he didn't do too much. He just. Uh, uh, Baldwin, he died, though, on a raiding expedition going into Egypt. His, uh, his heir was his cousin, Baldwin II. And I'm, I'm just really what I'm doing is just giving uh, some of the leaders who were during that time, uh, during the First Crusade, uh, and who also, who subsequently they, they also enacted in the, in the Crusade. One of the, one of the cities, though, that I wanted to mention on the crusade. I'll put that in a second. But it got to deal with cannibalism and the crusades and how they instill uh, fear, how Europeans instill fear into uh, the the, uh, people of the land that they were dealing with, with the Syrians and the Turks that they were dealing with, how they instill fear in them because of the raving madman antics such as the eating of the people. And we're gonna we're gonna get into that. Pull that information up for you and throw that right in there. Oh but hold on, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take this whole I'm gonna take and copy this and for people in the chat room, what I'll do is I'll give you this whole WordPress uh article. You know what I'm saying? This whole WordPress article, paste that. Put that in there. Put that in there real quick. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, uh, for the people in the chat room, if you want to, you can snatch that uh, that WordPress article. I gotta go back and find my find my link again. Well, Black Power B forty eight to everybody on the line. Let me see. Is that no? Under Pope Alexander. No, no, no. no I'm, I went ahead of myself anyway with the literary council. That was, I'm at least the uh, third one. Uh, 
I lost my link, family. Oh, there we go. There we go. All right, like I said, we're just uh, giving in some of the giving in some of these pieces real quick. Let me see the Godfrey, uh, Bouillon. Uh, he was a French Crusader. We got Godfrey and Bouillon, a French Crusader, first ruler of the new form Crusader State of Jerusalem. Uh, he was the second son of the Count of Bouillon or Bologna. I don't know what the hell. I, Boulogne, because it got to be French. It got to be French. Uh, Boulogne. Uh, he was uh, one of the. He was one of the few who arrived at Constantinople 1096, and for many months um, they promised. You know, they was laid out there in, in uh, on the outskirts of Constantinople, steadily trying to besiege the city, trying to get in. Uh, they finally did uh, were able to uh, take over the city in, in 1099. But as I said before, we get to 1099, we have uh, before we get into that though. Let me see, let me see. Uh, Uh, 1098. Let me see. Let me see. On um, the seizure, here we go. Here we go. We're gonna get to the uh, one of the first sieges that was really that really uh that really shook up. Well, what we would say would be the Turk world was the siege of Ma 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 and um. As we know, they started off uh, marching into what was called what would be called the Middle East around 1096. They started marching. It took them about seven months to get all the way where they wanted to go. You know, it took no, no, no. It took them uh, around five months. They had a lot of traveling to do. A lot of large mountain passes to go through. Very cold. Uh, not a friendly, uh, very unfriendly environment to be in. Uh, with approximately 50,000 troops, you understand? But one of the things that they did was they came upon a city which uh, was called Ma'a Arak. And they have December 12, 1098, this day in history. On this day in 1098, the siege of Ma'a a long and infamous siege during the First Crusade in which some crusaders massacred and feasted on their Muslim enemies took place in the city of Ma'ara al-Numan in modern-day Syria. And it was the First Crusade, and the crusaders were spirited from a successful siege at Antioch by hungry and tired from poor logistical planning. Though they had been routed in a previous siege attempt against Ma'ara in July 1098, the crusaders decided to get to the besieged the Fatimid uh, city in November. Since the Crusaders' previous attempt was an outright failure, the Muslims were initially undaunted taunting the Crusaders. The city was, comp- was comprised of urban militia and civ- uh, civilians with no battle experience but, and were able to hold off the Crusaders for some two weeks, aided by their city's deep ditches and strong walls. But the Crusaders, cognizant 
that they had few supplies and winter was approaching had spent two weeks building a siege tower, generally rectangular and maneuverable. The tower would have been built as high as the city's walls or higher, allowing archers to stand on top and shoot into the city. Troops to rush over the city walls and establish to hide within and attack using the siege tower. Crusaders poured over the walls of the fortified city on 11th of December, leading the Muslims to retreat within. At this point, both sides agreed to rest for the night before resuming hostilities the next morning. Ignoring the agreement, some crusaders stormed Ma'ara and plundered it overnight. On, on the 12th of December, the next morning, the two sides negotiated and the crusaders led by Bohemond of Toronto. Power safe conduct after the Muslims surrendered. The Muslims surrendered, but the crusaders immediately began to massacre the residents. As many as 20,000 civilians are reported to have been killed despite assurances that their lives would be spared. The ensuing cold winter months and increasingly meager supplies led the Christians to extreme hunger. According to reports, some crusaders began to cannibalize the Muslims, boiling and grilling the dead bodies before devouring them. In a letter to the Pope, one of the crusaders, Rudolph O'Kayan, wrote, In Mahara, our troops boiled pagan adults alive in cooking pots. They impelled Muslims on spits and devoured them grilled. Another chronicler of the Crusades uh, wrote, I said in the town that many of our people were harassed by the madness of excessive hunger, cut pieces from the buttocks of the savages already dead there, which they cooked, but when it was not yet roasted enough by the fire, they devoured it with their savage mouth. For centuries thereafter, the horror uh, remained in Muslim literature and the psyche. Now, you see, one of the things I want you to take note is I'm going to read this point. I'm going to read this again. Another chronicler of the Crusades, Fulcher of Chartres, of Chartres uh, wrote, I shudder to tell that many of our people were harassed by the madness of a sexist hunger cut pieces from the buttocks of the Saracens. They didn't say the Muslims. They didn't say, he didn't say the Muslims. He said they cut it from the Saracens. So, and we all and we all know who the Saracens is. Now they saying now, see, see that's the thing. They say Saracen is allegedly a generic. You know what I'm saying? It's supposed to be like a, a a generic term for the Muslim, right? Now they say this. They they use this right, but the thing is, is that um. This is written from the perspective of a person who was there. So it's not like they were saying, uh, you know, it's not like why, why would you not call them Muslims if that's who they were? Why would you label them something that we can find readily in, in so many other pieces of literature as being uh, a, a, a group of people, the Saracens? How, you know, they didn't just up the change to Muslims that quick, that somehow somebody pull the switch on us if we could call the people back then Muslims and Saracens at the same time. One name, either one name was the was the colloquial name or, or it wasn't. So we got to figure out exactly. This is how uh, we are lost with this side of this Bible madness. The Christian religion has so many quirks in it, twists and turns, that it is hard to keep this story straight. And that is one of the uh, key components of how it is allowed to go on this far is because you find so many pieces here and there that it is, that is undistinguishable 
from the truth. It's so hard. It's so much, you know, it's so much sugar and shit that you can't divide it up. Black Power, I hear somebody in the audience, though. Um, Is that Sister Camille getting in yet? Black Power. Black Power. Sister Ayo. Black Tastic. Listen, Sister Ayo. Listen to you, as Dr. Khalid Muhammad would say, along with the spirit, kick the ballistic. Okay? And uh, you're doing a beautiful job. And I just want to throw out there to the family, I need for somebody to tell me how it was named Jerusalem. <laughs> By 1097, 1096, I need, or I, I, I use them. Let me see that. But I need to see in writing where it wasn't a J because, you know, I can't get over that right now. Right. I, I I don't know what it was. I'm not, you know, they said that they were just where they was headed to, Jerusalem. But at that point in time, in that day and time, it could not have been uh, called Jerusalem. It had, it had to have another name. Okay. It had, it had to. You know, we're dealing with, we, you know, we're dealing with the same situation that we were dealing with with the Justinians, as I was saying earlier. We're dealing with Justinian, dealing with Julius Caesar, dealing with Justin. Uh, all of these things are, um, you know, historically, it's like, it, uh, it's like backdating, but with names. Like, you know, they're taking names that we are, are, that we understand in this context now and just putting them back there because, it's just, you know, that's like like I was just saying about the Muslims and the Saracens because, you know, we went, if today if somebody just was speaking of the Saracens, mm-hmm. no one would really understand what that meant. You know what I mean? Today, today's term. But you take a term like Muslim, and even though them Saracens wasn't Muslims because their culture was close enough to it, you'd be like, well, listen, we just call them Muslims just to say. So they take it as on a historical fuckery. That's what, I, that's what I call it. It's the historical mind fuck where, you know, uh, where, like, like you said, you know, where we have a Jerusalem where we know that the letter J didn't come about to the 16th century. And mind you, in all the books that I, not in all, when I say all, I don't mean like I have a lot, but I'm saying that in the books, in the totality of the books that I have, dealing with this um, subject by the master teachers, you know, they say Jerusalem. Even Dr. Walter Williams in his book, um, in his Origins of Islam, even though he's questioning it, and also as he's going with the name, he's definitely saying that this time it wasn't called the Holy Land or wasn't considered that, you know, prior to the Crusades and shit. But still, letter J didn't exist. So, you know, just building on what you were doing with the family, I just need for somebody to show me where it had, it was spelled with the letter I first. I need to see that. We uh, need to see Jerusalem. Let's say. Burn it up. <laughs> you know, 
it'll do us well to see that in some contemporary literature from that time. You know, that's the thing about looking, you know, you're just saying that that's the same, that's just, that's the same thing as when, you know, you go into the Turkish writing and we're looking to find Islam or Muslim with this side of the Turkish writing, uh, contemporary of that time period, and, and, and these things have not been able to produce themselves. So this is what, this is the same, I mean, that's the same frame that we're dealing in, the same scope of information that we're dealing in. There is, you know, there is so many inconsistencies that we can see plain and clear that, I, you know, this is the reason why people who take any amount of time to study this, uh, if they don't just leave the religion outright, they are very questionable about the origins of the religion. But no, I don't see no. I don't. I don't, I don't see it. I, I haven't seen it, Queen. I, I, we, we've been looking. We've been looking, and we haven't seen too much of anything. But as I said, you know, I'm. I'm we steeped off into a. Uh, we we still at the twelfth. We still at the twelfth century, though, uh, Sister Camille. You know. I was just giving the people as much overview as possible. Giving, you know, letting them see that there's a, a lot of miscues and missteps going on. Uh, we dealt with uh, Urban, who Pope Urban, who we still have no, we still are uh, hard-pressed to say that he even existed right now due to the fact that uh, the etymological dictionary states that this uh, word was not brought about into context until the 17th century. All right, now. <laughs> So we try to figure out how Urban got that name in 1100. Uh, he got that 12th century, and 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 we, you know, Edmond saying that name came about to the 17th century. That's a serious bomb right there you dropped, brother. Mm. Uh, you know, that takes the brother Hey Rule, you know. Asking the question, and I, and I pulled. I had the I had the little uh, note for the name, but I I didn't really pay attention. You know, just trying to pull up different pieces of uh, information and just make sure you have certain things because we spoke on the name the other day. Just spoke on the name Urban Period, where it was like, uh, man, what name name of Urban? And so I had pulled it, but I, I didn't really check the information. When he said that, that was very important because we had just finished reading. Several, uh, uh, I just finished reading several passages by alleged uh, people who were at the so called meeting where he gave his now infamous speech that you will be forgiven of all your sins if you go out and kill for the Lord. So, after his infamous kill for the Lord speech, we really we uh, we not finding him in history nowhere, especially not his name at the least. Well, you know, um, Doctor Walter Williams um, expressed those very sentiments, and he called that a tradition, that story, a legend. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a that's tradition. Traditionally, that's what happened. But you know, as I was saying, I'm looking at I'm looking at it more of a political ploy and play 
dealing with dealing with the fact that they have they have lost so much land in the Middle East, and basically we're needing to re uh, recapture it in order, at the least, for trade purposes. It was economically devastating to have the uh, those Turks, uh, Zoroastrians, Monophysites, all them, all those people that we can call Turks, though, all those people and Mongols, had them Turks and Mongols just take over that area, taking over that area, it, it, it affected the European just it affected the European economy horribly to a point that they weren't willing to stand for that. But the least they wanted, I and I go say they couldn't stand for it, but the least they wanted to fight for that. Well, I would agree with that. I mean. Both of these cracker beasts of uh, factions are experiencing wealth and uh, abundance of things that they had never experienced before, thanks to feeding off of the motherland. Uh huh. Neither side wanted to give that shit up, and mm-hmm. you got that underlining thing of the monophysites who will become the monists, who become the Mohammedans and some type Turks people, Arabs, whatever, versus their uh, Cracker Beast brothers who do the diocese, the type shit, you know, become the Romans and French and all these motherfuckers, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, could, I couldn't explain it no better. I think I explained it the same way. So... That's where, that's where we got to come in. We had that spot. So, uh, you know, uh, wherever you want to jump on, you want to jump on, man, please do. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm riding shotgun, but I just, I did, you know what I'm saying, take off for the people early. Very once in a while, the shotgun rider got to get into the seat. You ride shotguns, you know, and the reason we ride shotguns is just in case shit happens. <laughs> well, listen, I think you're doing a beautiful job, King, uh, navigating us and, and taking control of this world. So I said, let's ride. All right, so uh, let's, let's back up. Let's back our history up so we... Uh, On Black House? The family. Where's Captain Africa? Because Captain Africa is deep on this right here. Among I'm the Cap- well, what happened to Captain Africa? I heard him in here. Then I don't know what happened to him. Captain Africa out in the world right now. Captain Africa in the world. He on the line, but he's in the world. So uh, let's back up and let's get to uh, let's see let's see where we're gonna uh, start off at. We'll jump on the uh, first crusade and just uh, let's make it move. But I, as I was saying, you know, uh, some people outline the crusades in a certain amount of numbers, but then I'm I'm going to uh, pull some information that will show you that they, you know, depending upon how you want to label it, deal from 
there were from a number from three to nine crusades easily had during about a 200-year time period by these, uh, by these Romans, by the Western Rome, Roman Empire. Peace, brother. How y'all doing? Peace. And Sister Leah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just researching about one of the ancient names of Jerusalem, and that's probably why you, you, you're getting that. You can't find it with an eye. What I'm reading right here is it says that um, Jerusalem was called Jerusalem. Let me read it. Um, what I have right here. One of the ancient names of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is called Jerusalem. U R U S A L I M. This is back in the 1300s during the common years. And um, so, therefore, at the time period you were talking about during the um, attacks from El Saladin the Great, Mm -hmm. where he and his army pushed the devils back uh, 750 years in that period of the common years, and they pushed them back. They ran them back across the uh, desert, back up in the mountains of Europe. And so, therefore, when they fought that battle, it was not called Jerusalem. It was called Jerusalem. And sister, you said thirteen hundred, right? Well, they're saying that it was called that up until the thirteen hundreds, and then, of course, the Roman Empire. Does it say that? It says. It says, the city was called. The city identified as Jerusalem is called either Yerushalayim or Jerusalem, and this this remained up to the 1300s BC era. So you're saying up to 1300 BC, it was called Jerusalem, and then at 1300 BC, it was called Jerusalem. Then it was changed to the Jerusalem era, right? Sister, and that's what I was saying. Sister, right. what we're saying that's well, the problem. Brother Bourne, I'll let you uh, take no, that. No, I want to argue. Yeah, can you, sister, can you, are you in the chat room? Because if you, if you could, I would definitely like to look at that link that, you, that you're reading from. Or, or could you, is there a way that I could, that I could get what you're looking at? Okay. Um, I'll try to download and send it to you on the page. I'm not in the room. I'm just over my phone. And it says right here, uh, the great Saladin, better known as Saladin, fought the uh, fought the crusade in the year 1137. Mhm. Oh, the common era. Right. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. When you just said 1300s. When you say, now, I want to just make sure that this clear. That you were saying 1300 before the Common Era, BC. 
No, this was in the 1300 common era that it was called still Jerusalem with the U. And okay. then it changed into Jerusalem. After 1300. 1300 A.D.? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was, she was saying 1300 A.D. common era that right. they changed it to Jerusalem, which... Which it's a problem. Uh, every good year, it's a problem because if we deal with linguistically, no, it, says B, it says B C E, so that would be the B. So that's even worse. Yeah, the letters don't come into existence until the 15th century. What? If it was bad, it changed to Jerusalem 1300 C E or A D. It's even worse if they say 1300 BC. It, it's just a bald faced lie, right there. I mean, it's just flagrant. Yeah. So yeah. please give us the name of that source because that's horrific. For whatever yeah. that source is, you know. Um, I'm looking at the Wikipedia under El Saladin the Great. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. Hey. All right. And Thank then, you, um, And then I pulled up the ancient names of Jerusalem to get the Jerusalem name. Yeah. So, so I'm going to look into that. Right. The whole thing about it, Jerusalem ain't ancient. Number one, plus, brother, even if they're going to say it was changed to Jerusalem 1300 B.C., we know that's a lie on so many levels. But just with the name itself, because there is no letter J then. And then if it's 1300 A.D., it's... 300 years before the letter J is created. So, you know, any way you look at it, it's, 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 it's once again, you, you catch a crack of beast and they lie. And so, so thank right. you for saying Exactly. Because the Jew didn't change his name. The Khazar didn't change his name to the Timpsons. Hold on, man. Look, hold on. Hold on, man. Look, look, look. Y'all got to stop that, man. The white man know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, that's the whole thing. Um, We was talking about that on the program yesterday that, you know, we're not going to get real, you know, crazy about trying to go back way, way long time ago. You know, we know that, you know, the ancient people, came from the cradle of civilization. So now just look at the reality. It says that what I have researched that for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years, the cradle of civilization and around it is where people lived and civilizations thrived. And then after hundreds of hundreds of thousands of years, 60,000 years ago, man began to start migrating out of the center. So, you know, we know we've been locked in time. They done lied about time. They done changed time because actually we should be living in the year 60,015. But we're living in the year 60,015. That's your opinion, you know, um, and you're entitled to that. I don't, I don't consign to what you're saying as being factual, and I need to say that. I got well, to be that's, that's, I can't be I'm going by the fact that you know I'm saying? I don't know what you're going by. I'm standing on the shoulders of the master teachers like Dr. Ben, Dr. Diop, uh, Dr. Williams, 
Dr. Clark, Dr. John G. Jackson. That's who I'm rocking with, the work that they done put forth, and, and that's where I'm rocking. What did they and, put forth? But I don't um, ascribe to that, and I just want to keep it, you know, no, can we keep yeah, it? What did they what did they, what did they ascribe to as far as the migration period? No, we 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 understand the migration period of Africans and definitely uh, it didn't start at sixty thousand. We've been here. We got some. Yeah, yeah, she's saying the migration period. She's saying migration period. Like when we, you know, she's talking out of Africa. She's saying when they migrated out, they started to allegedly change it to other other uh, humanoids when they when we that part in there. She ain't saying nothing about changing other humanoids, and that's not the first. A uh, 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 migration period like that. That's why, yeah. and I'm saying she entitled yeah. to that. Well, when, not, when, when, when was the migration period, sister? There have been several migration periods. Well, it was several migration periods yeah. from the center, but I'm talking about the Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This, this is, you know, I'm gonna tell you that cradle of civilization. That conversation is something that we need to, that we can have. Uh, but if, if we go into that, it's gonna take us off a course of what we want to get into, to, or what we want to just finish up tonight, because we're gonna have this thing going for a low, a couple, uh, you know, a couple different shows. And we just want to end up clear up everything on Christianity so we can so our people can go back into the archives. They can see that we clearly explained everything on it. We didn't we didn't leave any you know anything open to be disputed. And just give them a, a good you know just a good background on Christianity. Uh, yes, there's a lot of different contentions on the out of Africa. Fact that time has been messed up and so therefore a lot of the translations of words and names have also been screwed around as well. That's the only reason yeah. I have that. No, I, no, no doubt, no doubt. Definitely, we we are in the loss of time. Um, as our brother Little always states to us, uh, you see that they say it's the year 2015. That's because that's how much time that they've been running shit. So, well, yeah, we, since since they developed the Christianity thing. Yeah. Right. So, so you know, so we we use that as. As the the God made to say that look man we know time went way before then and oh, time's no. gonna go way after them right right exactly uh, so. but right here um, I could you know for the sisters um, for her you know sake I could read this right here which came out of a ancient history book it says the ancient Homo sapiens modern man first began to leave Africa about sixty thousand BC come back with it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Huh? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You got that's why, yeah, Queen. If you was in the chat room, it'd be easier because you could just drop that link in there. We could we could check that out and, and vet that and vet that information. We are, uh, you know, because there, there's been several different migrations out of there. There's a lot it, of contention on it, how. It shares it, the first, the second, and the third migration periods out yeah, of Africa and, in and this. So we, and, there, and there's a lot of a contention on how this Tamil who uh, came about on this planet, you the know. Who? So the Tamil who, the, uh, the so-called white man, the so-called right. white man. So, you know, we, uh, so there's a lot of contention on how he came about, whether or not we actually uh, – 
turned into him or created them. Right. So, you know, that, that's a whole other topic for a whole other time. But we do know what has been created is the, is the created creature Christ, a.k.a. Serapis, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Mithra, a.k.a. Heru, a.k.a. any and everything Caesar Borgian, a.k.a. Moses, a.k.a. Muhammad, a.k.a. whatever they wanted to be in order for them to trick your ass into giving them money and servitude. Well, you know, and I was just trying to uh, share with her what she was saying. That's true. No one's disputing that there were, you know, more than one migration, period. And this book right here, you know, the called pulled up, it has different time periods as well. Uh, all right. We'll take the name of the, of the book, though. We'll take the name of the book, and then we're just going to jump right back into this other thing. I got, I got my – I got my uh, – I got my timeline open right now for the first crusade to uh, hit a couple of notes for the uh, first crusade. And um, Sister Camille, you gonna go back and forth with me on the first crusade and the second? Well, I'm gonna say something real quick, family. Oh, uh, go ahead, brother Hebrew. Just so that the callers of the family that call in in the chat room don't feel like we're brushing you off. <clears throat> What it is is that we've been going over this information for quite some time, and we just want to get the past the information first. Now, once the information that you know the hosts are putting out is completed, then any questions and answers regarding to the information, agreeing or disagreeing with the information, or anything that you would like to add on. Uh, after the information is done being being put out, we have no problem with dialoguing or discussing or going over any information or questions that you have. It's just kind of hard for, for us right now to stop and make break points in between giving the information and then answer your questions. Because what will happen is we'll end up dealing with more of the questions from the outside and we'll end up miss, missing giving you guys the proper information. So don't think that we're brushing you off. It's not like that at all. And that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, no doubt, no doubt. And, and uh, I definitely stand behind, one hundred percent behind what Brother Hebu um, just stated. And, and I hope that um, Sister Queen, uh, Sister Queen Aaliyah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Now, I, I, um, the brother was just making a statement, and I just hope you don't feel like we were trying to blow off some of that information that you were giving. But we are, you know, we do got a context of what we wanted to deal with. But if you could give me the name of that book, and then I'm going to just jump right into this uh, crusade. Okay, I'll send it to you of your message. But um, oh, okay. no, I, I was just speaking to uh, the way the sister was coming at me because I'm not here to be disputing any knowledge but just was offering something to the fact that the statement was made that they lying about the history. And I was no. just a witness that that's true because they got us locked in time and they've changed time. So we can't, mm-hmm. no, we can't really with confidence believe all of their writings because of the fact that we know they have changed things and dialogues have, dialogue has changed and language has changed. You know, yes, I don't know indeed. where the hostility is coming from. It don't make no sense to yeah. me. I didn't come here for oh, that. Oh, no, the sister is not. No, don't take that as hostility. That, don't I, take I that do. as hostility. It, no, don't take it as hostility. The sister, that's how she comes, you know what I mean? That's the sister full of fire. Anytime she got a question, she's the African Senate, her mind, 
is directly on anything that don't sound like it, it goes along with uh, with Africa sending this, and she just attack it like that. That's not it's not nothing personal towards you at all. We, you know what I mean? It, I definitely, I, I know that it's not nothing personal towards you. I, I doubt this just to even know you. But I don't, I don't think you know what I'm saying? Can't be, can't be I don't take it personal. I just think it's not necessary when we hear it as, you know, as all of us striving to be scholars and scientists to share knowledge so we can get to the crust of it so that our people will get the right information. That's what I'm speaking to. I mean, you know, she didn't really give me a chance to say what I was saying. I was not disputing her. I was only offering affirmation to what was being shared. That's what I'm talking about. One, I speak for myself. One, I'm not, didn't take it as you disputing me. That's number one. Number two, I did take it as you taking it off the subject that was being discussed. And that's where I was coming from. Okay. I was and I was not trying to do that. I was just answering. The, somebody had made the statement that we can't believe what these crackers are saying, and I was just saying you're right because you know if you look at it, we're not even living in the right time. That's all I was uh, trying to you know allude to. Uh, so. All right, if that's if that's clear, Doc. We run on the we run on the road back to where we was headed to. That's clear. All right. Thank you. I guess it is clear. It's clear. So uh, let me see. Now, um, we'll start in with these Turks. We're going to begin with the Turks who invaded Turkey and the Byzantine Empire through Iran, 1071. Um, Ten years after that, the Turkish invasion of the Byzantine Empire realized that they could not defeat the Seljukian Turks with their regular army. Uh, this is... Uh, uh, and this is from the historical uh, origins of Islam. I'm quoting uh, Dr. Walter Wears right now. So um, so they begin to hire uh, knights from Europe to serve as mercenaries to add more manpower to protect the empire. The capital city of Constantinople and the church of Hagia Sophia. Alexis the first communist was the Byzantine Empire during this time period from 1081 to 1118. However, before going on, uh, we're going to get a, a list. We're going to put in some facts about the crusade. I've already uh, stated the all the facts that I could about Pope Urban II. Uh, 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 dear Dr. Walter Williams uh, says that this is no more than a decoy to steer you from certain facts concerning the crusade that took place in the actual world history of Africa. Uh, you know, let me get with the call from Emperor Alexis I, who in 1096 asked the barons in the West, France, Italy, and Germany for help in stopping the attacks on the empire by the Sajukian Turks. Tradition said that the two persons responded after hearing Urban II's call. One was Peter the Hermit, a French, pre- a French preacher, and the other was the knight Walter the Pennyless, who led a group from Germany. They left for Jerusalem in the spring of 1096 under the pretense of defending the Holy Sepulchre and Christendom. Peter and Walter and their bands have been described as undisciplined and unorganized thugs seeking personal gain and glory. In any case, human history does not support an urban II as a pope. Uh, and, you know, the brother says that he it's more than likely that he was a uh, preacher or maybe a bishop in France. 
and was under the jurisdiction of the patriarch of the Hagia Sophia, who had been appointed by the Emperor Alexius. Um, it was probably that once Peter received a call from Alexius, he informed Peter and Walter before he apprised the bearers of the request. This gave an opportunity to devise his scheme. Um, and Walter Williams basically said, you know, it was more like a political overthrow. You know, we uh, send these people out. I'm, I'm making, I'm getting the call that look back, back out the way. They're telling me we need to send troops back. So he went in, found a couple of people that he knew that their area uh, would be uh, easy for him to take over. Once they left, sent out, uh, sent uh, Peter the Hermit out, Walter the Penniless, and during this time he uh, concocted his own scheme to uh, obtain the cities where they was at. Now. Uh, and, and like you said, uh, not only uh, be able to get the, not to, but be able to get the riches from which they had, he had sent them out to go through through the lands that they had already been through. Meaning that wherever they went through, they won as a as a conquering army. And Urban looked at it as these were places that he would be able to reap the benefits off of. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, uh, as it says, this gave an opportunity to, for Urban to devise a scheme, have land surveyed and take whatever land and riches that they could take for him and themselves, and perhaps destroy the city of Constantinople and the seat of Christianity itself. Uh, and when he's saying that about destroying the seat of Christianity, because it also as a political play was like, you know, they wanted to bring the seat back of uh, Christianity into Rome where they were all living at. Because at this point in time, the whole area there was uh, basically inhabited by uh, Turks. And, and let's see, uh, the goals of Peter and the Hermit uh, in Turkey by the Sujuks and Walter the Penmans in the Balkans, by the Bogomils, they lost uh, to both of these uh, armies. After Walter's encounter with the Bogomils in the, in the Balkans, he reached Constantinople with less than 100 haggard men. Peter the Hermit and his few remaining followers reached Constantinople prior to Walter and his group. In January 1097, some survivors from each group, along with Peter and Walter, joined up with the army of the barons, the Lombards, those for whom the call from Alexius was originally intended. The armies of the barons consisted of four groups, Godfrey of Bullion, his brother Baldwin from the north of France, commanded the first army. The second army was commanded by Raymond of Toulouse, which originated in the south of France, and the third was under the command of Stephen Bloy uh, and Robert and Robert of Normandy, they, uh, who came in from central France. Uh, spring 1097, they all moved in Constantinople before the Emperor Alexis, communist who changed from East Leader and Oath in the peace of promise to restore the Byzantine Empire territory that they might take from the Turks. Um, and that, from that point on, they just it really fell apart. Um, we have it labeled Jerusalem. They say Jerusalem fell after a short battle. But what happened is they went into Antioch, took Antioch um, in 1098. Then they went into what would, what would be the, the famed holy city where we um, know that it was not named at that point in time. But, uh, but they did not have enough power to get into Constantinople. Um, and they say, however, the fall of Constantinople was used as imminent, given that it was an island surrounded by a sea of monophysites or quasi-Christians. 
In the meantime, the Crusaders who were assembled in Northeast Africa were joined by the contingents coming in by the sea from northwestern Italy came the Genoese in 1098. In the same area of Italy came the Pisans in 1099. Later came the Venetians from northeastern Italy and Norwegians from Norway. They all helped to maintain control of the land areas taken by the armies of the barons, but the Burg- Burgundians of eastern France, Germany, a large group of Christian knights from other parts of Europe who had left the news of the fall of Jerusalem to Godfrey and Baldwin were annihilated by the church by crossing Asia Minor in 1101. And that rap, and that right there was a overview and a rap of the First Crusade. Is there anything that anybody want to add in on the First Crusade? No. No, no adding. Beautiful job. We'll get close to Saladin in a second. We we running in on the second crusade. Uh and one thing I do wanna put in before we get all the way into the second crusade. Let me let me see here. Get out of here. This thing has to be Oh, uh, Irving. All right, that's Godfrey of Bouillon. That's, that's where we at. We about to uh, about to get into eleven forty four. We got to move ahead. We want to move ahead some, but uh, before we do that, I mean, there's Raymond of Toulouse. Uh. Hold uh, Godfrey of Bouillon. Let me get to my original. Uh, Try to get back to the original rave right here. Eighth Crusade. Let me see. Uh, like I said, I got I got joints where they got the Crusades going up to nine Crusades. All right. All right, all right. Uh, let me see. Let's, let's get in here with the uh, map of the Latin states. So if y'all want to, let me, uh, you can, i put this inside the chat room already. Of the four states, we have the map of the Latin states in the east. Of the four states, the principle to be familiar, 1098, and the first to know God uh, to the Muslims was the division of Odessa. Um, and 1144 is when they started off into the Second Crusade. Its position was uh, afterward the middle Euphrates, left, right, for exposed, but providing awning over Antioch while his crusaders, while his crusader princes blameless and failed to carry Aleppo, which blocked maturity, familiar, adjacent to defeat at the business of glowing. Um, they were more or less restricted to the coastal obscure. To the south, the country of the county of Tripoli was similarly confined to the coast where the plain, known thanks to LeBlanc, opened up a questioning land, but it was blocked by the horns. Crate de Chevrolet was built um, 
was built with money from 1142 to protect the uh, frontier. Let's get into the second crusade. Let's start into the second crusade. Uh, when news arrived at the capture of Odessa by the church in 1144, a supposed Pope Eugene III uh, organized the second crusade according to uh, tr- according to tradition. Um, however, I'm I'm saying the same things about this Pope uh, Eugene III, and, and like I said, I'm reading from uh, Dr. Walter Williams right now, and Dr. Walter Williams has contention with Pope Eugene III. Dr. Walter Williams has contention with every Pope before. Excuse me. Dr. Walter Williams has contentions with every pope before the building of the Basilica of St. Peter's because uh, according to the research, that's when popes started to really be uh, given power in the Western Roman Empire. I have another date, 1333, when I'm um, working, it, working it out, trying to figure out whether it be 1500s, whether it's the 1300s, when popes started really being officially placed over there. But from my information, I have not really seen it in the 12th century. I've seen it in the 14th century, but not in the 12th where they're naming Urban and this pope right here, Pope Eugene III. Um, but let's, we'll go with the story for now. Um, it said that, you know, uh, Pope Eugene III, uh, he was a, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let me see. Uh, Uh, we'll let me uh, we'll get to him in a second. Let me go ahead to Louis the uh, Seventh of France. Louis the Seventh of France and Conrad the Third of Germany. Uh, these two right here, they helped organize the Second Crusade. They called uh, they were calling for call in response to the appeal of Bernard of Clairvaux. Um, both took land route along the Danube, passed through Constantinople, but acted separately in joining battle with the Turks across Asia Minor. Conrad III and Louis VII both suffered extremely heavy casualties at the hands of the Turks and had to flee Asia Minor for their lives. At the same time, the army of French and English crusaders came to Asia Minor by sea to help in a fight against the Turks. They took part in an attack on Damascus that fell in 1148. At that point, they returned their ships. But by then... But by, uh, but by then, it became steadily clear that the Latin states in Northeast Africa were in danger. After these failed attempts, several more calls for a crusade were made with little or no success. From 1165 to 1169, these appeals were renewed more urgently after 1181, which also had no effect. Then in 1187, Saladin the Turk took the crusade and baron's main prize possession, Jerusalem, and thus set in motion the Third Crusade from 1188 to 1192, by this time the Byzantine Empire realized that the armies of the barons and other crusader forces were not fighting the church to protect their empire or the seat of Christianity from being destroyed, but were crusaded for their own personal gain, which was to acquire more land ownership. This was even more evident when the barren armies conquered the desolate Nicaea and Jerusalem and kept playing and, and kept and claimed these areas for their personal kingdoms, establishing what is known today in history as the Latin states. So as I was saying earlier, um, before I started to get into 
uh, to the Crusades is that that was the main focus of what was going on at this point in time was that uh, the people were basically uh, being pimped out to go fight in order to acquire lands for people who had powers, for the powers that be at that point in time. That's, the, uh, that's, that's what I would say would be the basis of what was going on at, going on then. Um, Man, I wouldn't say in that point in time. I would say as 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 today, still as today. No doubt. Yeah. We have not seen a, a letter of it, so I, I definitely don't. No. I just lost. I lost my fucking. Part of I lost. I lost. I lost the link, man. I I just had the link. So I can add on and and lost and lost the information, man. Uh, let me let me see. Did I put that link in the chat room? Let me see. Yo, Rob Black, whoever sneezed, yo. Huh? That Rob Black, whoever sneezed, yo. Oh yeah. Heard him sneezing. A beat before he they said, you know, you say a BB forty eight for everything. Uh, no matter what's going on, but I just want to pull this information up real quick, really, about this, uh, about this crusade, real fast. The second crusade. Here we go. Let me see. Uh, because even though it was a losing, it was a losing crusade, the second crusade. It, was, it wasn't, it wasn't, they weren't winning on nothing. They weren't hitting on nothing. Um, now, and, and one of the things is that, you know, we go from Eugene to Eugenius. And, and so, you know, like, like I said, it's just depending upon who you're talking to and what words and uh, how they want to give you this information on whether or not words change and things of that nature. Uh, now let's see. We're going to talk about the Crusades. Now appeared never to have um, excited so much attention in England as on the continent of Europe. Not because the people were less fanatical than their neighbors, but because they were occupied in matters of greater interest. The English were suffering too severely from the recent successful invasion of their soil to have much sympathy to bestow upon the distress of the people so far away as Christians of Palestine. And we find that it took that they took no part in the first crusade, very little in the second. Even then, those who engaged in it were chiefly Norman knights and their vassals, and not the Saxons, Franklins, and population, who no doubt thought in their sorrow, as many wise men have thought since, that charity should begin at home. Germany was productive of more zeal in the cause, and her raw, uncivilized hordes continued to issue forth under the banners of the cross, and numbers apparently undiminished when the enthusiasm had long been in wane in other countries. They were sunk at the time in the deepest slough of barbarism than the livelier nations around them. It took, in consequence, a longer period to, to free themselves from their prejudices. In fact, the Second Crusade drew its chief supplies of men from that quarter where alone the ex expedition can be said to have retained any portion of popularity. So, you know, as Bubba was talking to us earlier, you know, the German man was just gung-ho for what he uh, for what he did. He was the most uh, savage, the most uh, disagreeable, and the most unlikely. 
the most uh, the one who was who uh, did not like people more than anybody else. He was just uh, uncivilized, as they say, the super the super savvy. So they had no problem with going to fight under whatever pretense that you wanted to put them up under. Like you, like you would have been start crying. All right, we get past that uh, second crusade. Then uh, they had another crusade. They have another crusade though that. Um, They had a, a little a little crusade, but I'm not going to jump on that one. Let me see. They had a little one. I forgot to tell you about that. They had a little one called the Peasants Crusade, where a lot of people were fighting back. I ain't going to get into that right now, but they did. They had a small little crusade at, at another point in time. But let's get into the third crusade, which uh, this was a crusade that was brought on by uh, Frederick the First. And, uh, and uh, the third crusade was brought on by the German Emperor Frederick I von Bolzer, who followed the Danube and crossed into the Byzantine territory. Despite the hostility of the Byzantine Emperor, who knew that these supposed crusaders were looking for personal gain and not to save the Byzantine Empire from Christendom. However, Frederick I met his demise by drowning in the river while crossing hostile Turkish territory. The taking up of the call after the demise of Frederick was King Philip II, or Augustus of France, and Richard. The first in line in England, both left by sea to join other crusaders who were scattered throughout Asia Minor and uh, Jerusalem. Richard had conquered uh, the island of Cyprus uh, from the Byzantines. Uh, Emperor Isaac II Anglius then went on to seize Acre after a long fight. Richard uh, reoccupied several coastal sites of Jaffa, Ascalon, but did not dare attack Jerusalem, which was occupied by Saladin the Church. At that point in time, that was a, and that was eleven, like eleven ninety, eleven ninety six. They were still, they was coming up out of that, around there. They jumped back on, jumped back on the board to go and win, and found themselves in another conundrum. Even though they started to to win certain amounts of territory, they were also taking a lot of losses, just uh, because you know you, you had to see that they're taking an uh, army from one side of the country into a whole another uh, another land. You know, they seafaring and also traveling through some dangerous mountain passes, rocky, uh, very uh, hostile territory, you understand? And, I, and not because there's people out there trying to kill them, but because the environment itself is not conducive to people living. So, uh Let's see. So it sounds like real quick, brother B, that most of these crusades is a political, uh, a political campaign. Yeah, uh, everyone, everyone seemed to be a, except for, you know, and when we look at the first one, the first one we can say it might have had a, uh, it might have had a a certain ring of triumph of initially wanting to do something for the population of quote unquote Christians. But by the time they got to the by the time they got to whatever, you know, how are we looking at it, it could not have been because we deal with Pope Urban who his name ain't even exist at that point in time. 
So all of these stories are based on some type of political context, which we, uh, you know, which we undoubtedly don't have all of the information to put our hands dead, dead on, but we have enough to say that you were dead right. I'm seeing the pattern already. <clears throat> if we just apply that that template, what they was doing to get elected, right, to start war, ain't that mm-hmm. what the current presidents be doing? Exactly. You know, everybody need a good cause, you understand? So fight these wars, these holy wars with good causes. You know what I mean? This is because then dare the people to you that we're going to we're going to save the Holy Land. You understand? That's a good way to get people to like you. You saving the Holy Land. George Bush did it. George Bush did it. That Joker said he went right over there, man, went to kill my daddy. I'm God with us. This is a holy land. We're gonna get this God work we doing. So, yeah, because that's the history they study, so of course they're going to. But it's just, you know, it's to think that this is all over a created creature. Something that ain't real. Well, mm-hmm. as long as they, as long as they make themselves God, they, 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 they be rulers. So it's imperative that you know they do that. You have the same as you broke down the same underlying. Uh, uh, philosophy happening today because those groups that are calling themselves Muslims today and those people that call themselves Christians and Catholic today, they are saying that their Lord and Savior have a diatheistic nature, spirit, and it was human. In Islam today, you cannot draw a picture of Muhammad. That's blasphemy. Ain't you supposed to die if you do some shit like that? Yeah, that depends on what sex. You know, they are sexed up. But I've, I've heard that, that there's supposed to be no images of Muhammad. That's right. That's the monist. That's, that's why they attacked that one French uh, newspaper. Remember that, Queen? They attacked that French newspaper. I shot Charlie Hebdo. Shot it up. They actually go by no images at all. Yeah, they are kind of class. They are kind of, yeah. On some real shit. What's going on? Yeah, they're kind of classic. Brother, hey, we're right. They, they, they are the straight. I had an image on my shirt that would tell me uh, either take the shirt off before entering the magic. Excuse me. Or turn it inside out and make sure that the image is facing the back of you and not the front of you. So it's like no images allowed at all. They even used to tell you, even in, in your house, if you got pictures, a lot of people, they, they would tell you, take it down, throw it away. I know people that let brothers and sisters at the time when I was lost in that religion go in the house and take their TV and throw it in the trash. I didn't see it. That's how brainwashed they let uh, Islam get to them. Let them come to your crib, take all your pictures, or. Uh, all your CDs and all your video games and shit and throw it in the trash and tell you no images and that's going to poison your mind. People do this shit. Like, wow, Catholics do the same shit. Oh, yeah. hell. I can't play no, no Call of Duty. Listen, right, I can see where they're coming from. I can see where they're coming from, but if it wasn't that or a dogmatic principle, 
if it wasn't from a dogmatic state, then I could, I, I would be able to rock with it. But it's not, it doesn't, it's not, it's not following logic why you want to do it, even though you could say there's logical principles behind it. You know, it's, you know, it's giving, feeding you bad this and feeding bad that into your brain. But that's not really the real principle of why it's not allowed. I but you know what, though? Even though it sounds crazy when you put it out there, the shit with the TV is real. But understand now, when some of the shit that they own ain't exactly 100% off point, it's true. You know, the, the, the gates that they build around that and, and they give you the reason for doing it, you know what I'm saying, that, that, that leads you to believe that you have no choice and you have to put a fear in yourself that says, well, if I do this, this is going to happen. And if I don't do this, then, you know, I won't receive this. And this is going to happen. So it's like you sitting there uh, counting yourself, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you you right. No, I, I definitely understand exactly where you're coming from. Like I say, I don't have cable in here. I don't have no cable. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what come on, cable TV, none of that stuff. So I understand where just images and just shit on the TV and shit like that. I understand where they're coming from. But I would it would it'd be easier for me to understand it without the dogmatism that really is what you, you know, even though you say it's a good principle behind it. It's not the good principle that's the reason why you want me to get rid of it. You want me to get rid of it because the books say so. Now, we can, you know, and people can run along with, well, you know, but the books say so, but look, look what it do. Ain't it bad for you? Ain't it good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that ain't why you want me to get rid of it. Because if the book didn't say anything about it, then it'd be straight. So that's that's why I see that thing, and then, like you said, though, that's the real, they're the real monolith. They're the real monoliths. That's why I said that when they went up in Spain, they were still monists. They were still monophysite Coptics, man. They were still dealing with Christianity. That's why it was no problem. That's why we could see in Islam, there was no problem to slide, slide Jesus right in, or you know, or be able to, <coughs> or you could see that. There's no, like, like you can see the similarities in Bible and Quran because there's so much y'all dealing with the same exact thing. And, and there's no separation in that. The only separation is how y'all look at the created creature. Religion is almost like a software. You start off with a start point and then they give you an upgrade. Like Islam is the upgrade from Christianity. Mm-hmm. All on the same principle. Absolutely. Same shit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you know, and uh, you know, I would just like to say, I hope nobody is trying to identify me as no Arab Muslim because I am was born and raised in the Nation of Islam when Elijah Muhammad was alive, and he did not teach us no uh, Arab Islam, and the whole mm. essence of the organization was a nationalist organization. We use certain dialogues, dialects to differentiate, differentiate ourselves away from Christianity and away from of the understanding that people had at that time. It was used really to try to, uh, to, to grasp people's minds and their thinkings away from what they had knew into something different. That's why we use yeah. words like Islam, uh, 
it, it, and if you read the books of Elijah Muhammad, you will see that he always emphasized it was really the nation of peace. But instead of using P-E-A-C-E, we used I-S-L-A-M in order to get people's minds away from this um, indoctrination of this white man in America. So I, I don't believe, I don't, I don't pray seven times a day. I don't, I don't bow down to no unforeseen mystery God. I mean, I'm just saying this because some of you have me as friends on Facebook, and my name is Aaliyah Muhammad, but I don't deal with Farrakhan. I don't deal with any of those groups out there. The nation is dead. Our nation was destroyed years ago. But for those of us who got the science and who have the lessons, then we carry on with that understanding, and that understanding was profound. So I just want to make that clear. Yeah. I'm not... I'm not no heir, I'm not going to be no Islamic person, you see. I'm saying no doubt, sister. No doubt, no doubt. I, no, no doubt. We definitely, we are we clear on and, that. And I we're agree not really, with y'all 100%. Yeah, and we're not kicking um, that towards you, but yeah. We're not right, really, and, Islam, and I, I'm agreeing with you. Islam is nothing but Christianity, just like Hebrewism and all the rest of that stuff. Yep, exactly. They all, they all want things. You know, it's just like when you, like, it's, like it's, it's, it's exactly what we're saying. When you take something and give it to somebody else, and they see it was working, this is how they did. This is how they did political systems during this time. Right, they just changed the you name. Come in, yeah, yeah, they just changed the name. They right. keep the system the same. They changed the name. They allow you to put whatever whatever names you used to using. Use those names. That's but no right. matter what, this is the system. Use your names. Use our, you can use your names with our system. If you don't want to use our system, though, you're gonna be we're gonna bust your head. Right. You care less what name you're gonna put on this thing. Exactly. And so and that and, and it's really just like we were saying. It's just a political. It's a political ploy. It's, it's all to keep people up under the goddamn foot. Exactly. Nothing less. No more. No less. But to keep you under foot. So. Um, is there anything yeah. else anybody want to jump into? Want to jump on the fourth crusade? No, I was just going to say it's called Judeo Christianity for a reason. Exactly. All three exactly. religions fall under this. Exactly. Like that. That's what I was going to say. The Judeo Christian institutionalized religion, it all comes from popes, the popes. It all comes from Constantinople. It all is the same thing, just different names. The practices mm-hmm. are the same. They might have variations in different things, but it's still the same institutionalized cracker religions that try to keep us original people enslaved. Absolutely. I say, I say, I say. We're gonna jump right on this real fast. Like we jump into this uh, fourth crusade. Uh, five years later, we're gonna deal with the fourth crusade. And this is five years later after the third crusade. Uh, this is uh, this was organized. Uh, by Henry the Sixth, uh, this is called the German Crusade. It, it lasted only one year, 1197 to 98. This crusade had no success because Henry died before embarking on the crew on his journey. Um, people had to turn around, come back when they found out. You know, um, this was a, a very this, this did not go well at all. You know what I mean, so but we'll move we'll move right through that because the advance of Henry to the return to the West and interim crusade preachers started up again in 1198 when the nobility of the county of Champagne, France, took the call and response to the urgent of folk of Newry. 
Uh, some Italian bearers joined the French community by our uh, bonuses who decided to go to sea. Who decided they was they was going to uh, hit Constantinople up by sea? This expedition hit a snag when the night came to embark. They could not pay the sunk promise to the ship owners and was forced to discharge their debt by helping the Venetians take the city of Zara from the king of Hungary. So we see what happened. You know, Europe is in such a bad uh, economic situation at this point in time that they not even that the kingdoms aren't even owning shipping line in order for them to move soldiers from one place to another. They're paying other seamen to move their soldiers around, but upon them not being able to pay, the people who are owning the ships are taking them to other places, saying, listen, well, since you can't pay me for this, you go over there and kick they behind, give me their shit, and then we might take you where you need to go, secondary. You know what I mean? So, you know, this is the type of uh, thing that we're dealing with right here. We're dealing with cutthroats. And uh, uh, backstabbers and swindlers. So we're going to continue with the Crusades, and uh, we're going to come to the time of Alexius the First, and he was the brother-in-law of the German king Philip of Swabia. And I'll uh, notice that these are all Germanic people too. Alexius uh, promised to join the Crusade and divide the empire if the army would help him usurp the throne of uh, Byzantium. After the promise was made, the Crusaders began an expedition that reached Constantinople in 1203. The army had helped Alexius to usurp the throne of Isaac II and had just been restored to the throne after usurping Alexius III Angelus. Uh, however, Alexius IV was not able to keep his promise because Alexius V usurped him. This left the Crusaders encamped around the double walls of Constantinople. After running out of food and other resources, they decided to assault the Byzantine capital and divide the city amongst themselves. Storming the city, the soldiers looted and destroyed for three days with neither order nor discipline. And as a result, Constantinople and the empire never fully recovered from this treatment on May 16, 1204. Count Baldwin uh, of France was crowned the Latin emperor of Constantinople. The town of Flanders became Baldwin I, the first Latin king, a co-ruler of Constantinople. Eight years later, in 1212, a popular movement was triggered in France and Germany that was called the Children's Crusade. This crusade was to be made part of the Fourth Crusade, a young and undisciplined, unorganized group of teenagers and young adults without weapons, leadership, or resources tried to initiate a crusade of their own. But this crusade fizzled before they could leave France. Uh, much later, it was reported that the merchants of Marcellus had transported hundreds to Egypt where they were sold as slaves. That was a point that I wanted everybody to uh, check out, too, is that, you know, we always get this thing about slaves uh, being sold here, being sold there, right, and then uh, being sold and having to go back to Egypt and bondage. You, you understand? They got to go back as bond men and bond women. Deuteronomy, I... <laughs> uh, but we see that real history tells the tale of these people being transported into Egypt and sold as slaves. Now, this ain't on our watch. This 1,200 common era, this ain't on our watch. But somehow this sneaks into history. Deuteronomy 28, the whole of it, sneaks into the book somehow. 
And that's a whole other story right there, how Deuteronomy 28, the whole chapter, snuck into the book. Bring our brother, brother, you know, I have to bring my uh, my Christian uh, historian, Brother Garfield, up here. He knows he know Christ. He know, nobody else knows. That's the most uh, Bible-knowing black man who ain't a Christian I, I know ever. So we might have to bring him in on this Deuteronomy 28. But we see here, though, like I said, we see here, though, in the 12th and um, 13th century, we have uh, historical note of of uh, people being sent to Egypt in bondage as uh, slaves. And, and, Brother Bourne, if I could just add something in there. It's also interesting because that is the time period for uh, Moses Maimonides, the author of the Pentateuch, according to the researcher, Dr. Walter Williams, and you can look it up for yourself, this time period. It's also interesting that he has the Islamic name as well, and he is supposed to have been inspired by Solomon Bar Isaac, who writings who existed during the time of the First Crusade. Mm. And, and you know you said uh, Islamic name. You know what I'm starting to think? That this is Arabic name. Yeah, excuse me. It's not called Islamic. It is said Arabic. You are absolutely correct. There you go. Ain't no such thing. Yeah, and you know, it's, it was a, it's a language. But that's one of those things, that's one of the ways that, that history is slighted when we speak on these things is because a lot of times when we're dealing with it today, we use the terms that, that we could, you know, that we most are most agreeable now and look at it in context from back then. So this is what I know. Ain't no Islamic names at this point in time. It's Arabic names. This is a language that they speak, that these people speak in the Arabs over there. Mm-hmm. A dialect that they talk. In the Christian church, in Europe, whatsoever, it's not even called Europe. I'm not even going there either. But there's no church in that area. And there's no mosque anywhere at this time. That's all I'm going to say. Now, now you're saying that, now that's what that's what I was looking at. Now, Sister Camille, I was um, doing some doing some research and fact finding on what we were talking about when oh, man, I think a Wi-Fi shut down on me. Let me open my Wi-Fi back up. But I was uh, looking into these. Uh, to the churches that were there, all the sad churches. Now, I, now they were. They say they had some churches. They say they had a few churches there. This is what they. This is what they're saying. Nothing large. No. No. Um. Nothing of uh of significance, but several small churches. I have to pull these. Pull this link back up. But I, I'll throw that. I'll throw that in when I find it. When I find the link, um, let's see. Let's, let's, uh, let's get it to this. Uh, we're going to the fifth crusade. I want to. I want to find that information. I can't. I can't do both at the same time right now because I got to be reading. So, uh, let's get to the fifth crusade. And this, the fifth crusade. This was called in. 
12, 13. But it took them four years to uh, get things really pulled together. Uh, King Andrew II of Hungary. We got Duke Leopold VI of Austria. We got uh, John of Brienne to the star by John. Uh, were among the leaders of the expedition that was aimed at Jerusalem in Egypt. King Andrew and the Duke of Austria landed in Jerusalem 1217, only to be defeated by the Turks who had full control of Jerusalem. After their departure, John of Brienne decided to carry the war into Egypt in 1218. Egypt was the, Tur- was the center of Turkish monophysite strength and power. With the arrival of more crusaders, this enabled John to take control of the Mida, in 1219, the attack caused the Sultan of Egypt to make an offer to John that he would give back Jerusalem to the Crusaders in return for Demetria. they got to be Demetria. John did not accept the offer, but instead decided to continue the conquest of Egypt by marching on Cairo that ended in his defeat. The Crusaders escaped captivity only by surrendering Demetria back to the Turks in 1221. Arrogance. Arrogance. See that? Arrogance got him turned back. Look at that there. Old John had a way to, to, to gain up or something, to, to get Jerusalem. Said no. Trying to go to Cairo. End up getting his behind whooped and having to give back the, the shit that he won. Arrogance and ignorance kill you every time. Now, I start John because we get another one of these one of these names that have no origin. It cannot be that. But on Sixth Crusade, two years later, Frederick II, the Holy Roman Emperor of Germany, was pressured by the Christians of France to agree on an expedition in northeast Africa. A sixth crusade was launched in twelve twenty three. This is uh referred to as the Bloodless Crusade. As a result, Frederick was despised and called a traitor. A non-believer in the West, and subsequently the community of Europe, the Christians of Europe, um, excommunicated him. Frederick was old. Uh, he was old, lovey-dovey, intellectual subject. He was a uh, into poetry, philosophy, and other intellectual thoughts rather than war. His, he was a bridge between the war and religious philosophy. Frederick also was credited with the founding of a private school in Naples. Now. They say he founded a school, and in, in, in this after the 13th century. He was king of Germany in the two Sicilies. Later, he will become the Latin king of Jerusalem, located in the area of Jerusalem, occupied at night by the Knights Templar, who were soldiers in Godfrey's army and who had settled there after 1099 following the conquest by Godfrey of Bouillon and his brother Baldwin. Obviously, but there was an understanding between the Knights Templars and the Turks. The Templars were... Uh, Demis are taxpayers who paid the church to stay in Jerusalem and agreed not to wage war. They were able to pay their way easily because they were given uh, because of their personal association with the rich Lombards uh, of Europe. The harmony and tolerance between the Knights Templars and the Turks lasted until the Mamelukes ran them out in 1291. And so, uh, and then we going to jump back on to uh, Frederick. Uh, tolerance of religious differences was a major influence and had a great impact with the church. 
uh, which was unusual at the time. He was an educated man, and so he was therefore able to show a tolerance for not only the diversity of people, but also the diverse beliefs and um, all that is reflected in his policies. He was a contemporary of the lent of, of mystic uh, Arabi. And when we talk about Arabi, we're talking about uh, uh, we talk about Arabi, right? We're talking about uh, the the man who is said to have um, created the who are who the uh, religion of or uh, who the uh, man Muhammad was created, and we talk about Ibn Al Arabi. And they're saying that this king, Frederick, at the time that he was inside of the uh, inside of um, this area here, that he not only uh, was he a man who was into uh, poetry and was a tolerant person of religion, but he also happened to get in contact with the intellectual mystic Ibn al-Arabi. Uh, while he was visiting in and around the same land area where Robbie lived, and it's probable that Frederick II himself met Arabi in Africa and was a admirer. Uh, Ibn al-Arabi was very popular among the African and European monophysites that understood their thoughts on religious ideology. Frederick was empathetic to the monophysitic way of thinking towards diaphysitic Christianity and the Christ image. This surely infuriated the European Christian community in Europe, especially in France, while Frederick uh, had a political authority over the Christians of France. Innocent IV gathered a group of European theologians together to provoke a council meeting in France in 1224 and 1245, which is known in history as the first ecumenical council of Lyons, and that's 1245. Uh, during this time, it's safe, safely say that the European Christian community had minimal contact with Constantinople and the Church of the Hagia Sophia due to the fight and the turmoil created by the Crusaders, the Church of the Usurping of the Leadership of the Byzantine Empire. Uh, anybody want to add on anything before I go into the Council of Lyons? Uh, right. Well, uh, at the Council of Lyons, Innocent the Fourth, he wanted to uh, break down. He wanted he wanted to try to uh, defuse the classic, the classic, the class, the classical authority of Frederick. They were successful in excommunicating Frederick, and it is highly probable that they most likely voted for the next seat of Christianity to be in Paris. Um, they say the site was more likely on the newly finished church in Notre Dame in Paris that was completed in 1230. However, this did not occur at this time. The movement of the Sea of Christianity from Africa to Constantinople via the Church of Hagia Sophia to Europe would not occur for 200 years after the First Council of Lyons. Uh, and that's it right there. That's, what, that's, that's the end of this. Uh, it's the end of the uh, Crusades. Um, and from from that point in time, right there, there was still, uh, you know, there was still no real major seat of European Christianity. They were uh, they were still, you know, wrangling over how they would control it because the seat was still in the Hagia Sophia. Uh, they so secretly they moved it, you know what I'm saying? But they they said. Uh, 
They moved it to what we, what we know now as St. Peter's Basilica. And, you know, they and this was, uh, I say, on the outskirts, they, they started to build this in Rome over the, over the catacombs in the outskirts of Rome. They, uh, as I said, they began to start to build the St. Peter's Church with the new seat for Christianity in 1445. Now, we see our close 1445, which was one of the, you know, um, 1445 was right when the European, not only was this going on, was he changing the seat of power for what they would call uh, Christianity, but also they were starting to uh, become involved. This was, this was some of their pre-journeys um, into Africa, and uh, they, they started being involved themselves in the slave trade off the West Coast of Africa. It was a, yeah, uh, so, you know, this this is right there at that early point in time. You see, uh, and they were uh, creating, the, uh, creating a new seat for Christianity in 1445 uh, with Eugenius, the fourth um, leading the way. St. Peter's became the cornerstone building of what is now the Vatican City. Uh, this is where Europeans began to practice Western European Christianity, thereby erasing the Coptic Egyptian origin of this religion, which gave the world a totally European worldview of Christianity. The hierarchy began to elect their own popes, thereby creating their own papacy without political or government interference, church and state separated. The Sixth Crusade was viewed as a romantic victory. It was during that time of Frederick that Rebbe enjoyed the height of his popularity and his fame was widely known amongst the African European monophysites in Africa. Um, we don't want to get into Ibn al-Arabi. That's a, that's a whole nother spill right there. And so uh, we end off at 1445 where, uh, and and I think it was completed. Was that completed in 1503? I believe the St. Peter's Basilica was completed in 1503. Let me, let me look. I know it was, they say it was started then, but let me, let me make sure. Let me check my my sources real quick. Now, see, so we got because there's always several different um, several different stories behind uh, when when it was started. Now, uh, Saint Peter though was he was supposed to be uh, uh, a priest. Uh, from during Nero's time. Uh, all right, well, we got Saint. All right. The, the, uh, the Basilica Papal de San Pietro in the Vatican City, common, commonly known as St. Peter's Basilica. Uh, they say that the construction it's the construction of the present building begun in fifteen oh six under Pope Julius the second and completed in sixteen twenty six under Pope Urban the eighth. Well, this says fifteen oh six. What was 
was that? Judge Rat said fourteen forty five. Let me let me recheck my my source here. Got conflicting got conflicting dates here. Uh, 1445, Eugenius the fourth leading the way. Let me see. Let me see here. I gotta gotta check this out because I got two. I got you. I got him. Eugene the fourth, fourteen forty-five. The last session of the council. Da, 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 da. Let me see. The last session of the council was held on the, the Greek bishop theologian attended the council of Ferrara from July ninth to April fourteen thirty-eight. Uh, their session on July 6, 1439, the decree of union with the Greek church was approved. Subsequently, decrees of union with the Armenian and Coptic churches were approved. Finally, the council was transferred to Rome on the 24th. All right, all right, all right. That's, that's what's going on. Here's the ecumenical councils of Florence. This when they, uh, all right, all right, all right. Damn. I had this pulled up earlier. I already had this pulled up. Let me see. Uh, Basel. Basel has been designated as the place for the ecumenical council by the Board of Council of Pavia, Siena, 1423 to 1422. It was opened on on the 25th of July, 1431, by the papal legate, who had been appointed by Pope Martin V in two bulls dated the 1st of February, 1431, dumb owners Universalis Gregus and Lupus Sequindum Cupientis. Shortly before the Pope's death on the 20th of February, 1431, a great part of the Council's work in the early years was taken up with this quarrel with Pope Eugenius IV, who was accused of wishing to dissolve or transfer the Council. The prospect of reunion with the Eastern Church provided an opportunity to transfer the Council to another city. This move was supported by the Council Fathers, loyal to the Pope, who, however, during a minority in the 25th session, they voted for the city of Ferrara. There, the Council was reopened on on the 8th of January, 1438, Pope Eugenius IV, later attending in person, some historians doubt the ecumenicity of the first 25 sessions at Basel. All agree that the sessions held at Basel, the sessions held at Basel, after, held at Basel after the 25th session until the final one on the 25th of April, 1449, cannot be regarded as sessions of the ecumenical council. The Greek bishops and theologians attended the Council of Forever from the 9th of April, 1438. The Council was transferred to Florence on the 10th of January, 1439. During the session on, on the 6th of July, 1439, the decree of union with the Greek church was approved. Subsequently, decrees of union with Armenian and Coptic churches were approved. Finally, the Council was transferred to Rome on the 24th of February, 1443. There, other decrees of union with the Bosnians. The Syrians, and finally with the Chaldeans and Marmonites with Cyprus were approved. The last session of council was held on the 7th of August, 1445. The decision taken at Basel have a form of council decrees. Those taken at Ferrara, Florence, or Roma almost always in the form of bulls. 
since the Pope was presiding in person in these cases, the decree mentions the Council's approval and contains words in solemnly and a solemnly celebrated general session of the Sinai. Almost all of the decrees of reunion were of little effect. Nevertheless, it is significant that the church's unity was discussed in a council attended by some Eastern bishops and theologians that there was an agreement on the principal dogmatic and disciplinary questions which had divided the two churches for many centuries. Um, let me see. Um, and they got. I'm not about to read all these decrees. And we got a gang of decrees right here. I'm trying to. Uh, let me see. Uh, all right. There's, here's a, a piece of it. it. Since the Father gave to His only begotten Son and begotten Him everything, the Father was accepted to be the Father. So the Son has eternally from the Father, from by whom He has eternally begotten. This also mainly that. The Holy Spirit proceeds from the Son. We define also that the explanation of these of those words and from the Son was licitly and reasonably added to the creed for the sake of declaring truth from imminent need. Also, the body of Christ is truly confected in both unleavened and leavened wheat bread and priests should confect the body of Christ in either, that is, each priest according to the custom of his Western or Eastern church. Also, if a truly penitent people die in the love of God before they have made satisfaction for acts, a mission by worthy fruits to repent, and their souls are cleansed after death by cleansing pains. And the suffrages of the living faith will avail them and give them relief from such pains that the sacrifices of masses, prayers, almsgiving, and other acts of devotion, which have been customarily performed by some of the faithful for others of the faithful in accordance with the church's ordinance. They lost their mind. Oh, man. Now, this was, uh, this was session, session six. Session six, they was separating the father and the son, saying who begot who, how the spirit come about. They also decided that yeah, you can you can have uh, whatever bread, unleavened bread, leavened bread, whichever one you want, wheat bread, wonder bread. You, you can use that. That'll be the body of Christ. Uh, so I guess you know, uh, you know. I guess they use crackers here because we're using white. You know, I guess they use saltine crackers here, uh, oyster crackers. I think they might give you oyster crackers inside church. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you get white oyster crackers here. You go to Saudi Arabia, you might get a rich a graham cracker. You might get a graham cracker, <laughs> but it was all good according to the board. <laughs> you know, to what the bulls say. Uh, and that's the session six on Ju- for the 6th of July, 1439. Uh, and I, I'll put this, I, I'll send this out to everybody. This is a, like I said, this is a, just a list of the different bulls and the and the things that they were putting in them. Um. Uh, it was something else that was in here that was funny. But the one thing that they really was they really was hitting on was they were trying to get this right between how you supposed to give out the uh what the, what they call that communion. It was really strong on that. Now, 
Yeah. Now they got this uh, thing right here. There, this is when they was uh, creating the Trinity. The Catholic right. faith is this: that we worship one God in the Trinity, and the Trinity and unity neither confounding the persons nor dividing the substance. For there is one person of the Father, another of the Son, and another of the Holy Spirit. But the God had the Father of, but the Godhead of the Father of the Son of the Holy Spirit is one. The glory equal and majesty co-eternal, such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. The Father uncreated the Son, uncreated, and the Holy Spirit uncreated. The Father infinite, the Son infinite, and the Holy Spirit infinite. The Father eternal, the Son eternal, the Holy Spirit eternal. Yet they they are not three eternals, but one eternal. As also they are not three uncreated, nor three infinite. But, but one uncreated and one infinite. Likewise, the Father is almighty, the Son is almighty, the Holy Spirit is almighty, yet they are not three almighties, but one almighty. Likewise, the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God, yet they are not three gods, but one God. And yada, yada, the Lord is three, and Lord is the only, Lord is Lord, Lord. Now, let me see, let me get down. The Son is from the, the, Son is from the Father alone, not made nor created, but begotten. Hmm? Hmm? Hold up, man. Let me let me back up. For just as we are compelled by the Christian truth to acknowledge each person by himself to be God and Lord. For just as we are compelled by the Christian truth to acknowledge each person by himself to be God and Lord. So we are forbidden by each person by himself to be God and Lord. So we are forbidden by the Catholic religion to say that there are three gods or three lords. The Father is by none, neither created nor begotten. The Son is from the Father alone, not made nor created, but begotten. The Holy Spirit is from the Father and the Son, not made nor created nor begotten, but proceeding. So there is one Father, not three fathers, one Son, not three sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. And in this Trinity, nothing is before or after, nothing is greater or less, but the whole three persons are co-eternal together and co-equal so that in all things, as has been said above, the unity and Trinity and the Trinity and unity is to be worshipped. Whoever therefore wishes to be saved, let him think thus of the Trinity. I gave to keep it before. That's a lot of that's a lot of bullshit, yo. And this when they this when they made up the day for Jesus' birthday. Oh, this is let's think of this here. This is the seventh when what point is this here? Oh, oh, when they got Jesus' birthday on the this, look, this is the session eight, the twenty second of November, fourteen thirty nine. The mm-hmm. Bull of Union. With the Armenians, the Armenians was already messed with Christmas then. Look at this chair. Damn, I lost my place. All right, all right. The Savior was born. The birth of the Savior on the twenty-fifth of December. His circumcision. Hold on, let me let me see. Let me see. Therefore, let the rights of Christians to be at variance in such great celebrations. Oh, they talking about celebrating. 
Eighthly, there was discussions with the Armenians about, among other things, the days on which the following feast should be kept. The Annunciation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the birth of Blessed John the Baptist, and consequently the birth and circumcision of our Lord Jesus Christ and the presentation in the temple of the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The truth was made quite clear by the testimonies of fathers and by the custom of the Roman church and other churches among Latins and Greeks. Therefore, lest the rights of Christians be at variance on such great celebrations which a threat to charity could arise, we decree that as something confident with truth and reason, the Armenians too should solemnly celebrate according to the observance of the rest of the world. The following feast on the following day, the Annunciation of the Blessed Virgin Mary on the 25th of March, the birth of Blessed John the Baptist on the 24th of June, the birth of our Savior on the 25th of December, the circumcision on the 1st of January, the Epiphany on the 2nd of January, and the presentation of our Lord in the temple on the 2nd of February. After all these matters have been displayed, the uh, aforesaid Armenians in their own name and name of their patriarch and all Armenians with all devotion and obedience accept and embrace the solitary Sanudu decree with all its chapters, declarations, definitions, traditions, precepts, and statutes, and all the doctrine contained in it and also whatever the Holy Apostolic See and the Roman Church holds and teaches. Oh, man, there's some gang shit right here. There's some straight gang shit. Well, nice, man. There's some gang shit. They're going to bind you, look, man, no matter what. Now we're going to do... They even saying it right there. This reader's going to go along with the traditions. Whatever the hell y'all say is the truth. That's what we're going with. Man, I, 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 got the, I, I got the email this to y'all right now. Yeah. I, I got the email this to y'all. Nice question, man, though. That is a nice question. I'm just going to lie. Um, um, yeah, Sister Camille, here it come right now. I'm going to email this. Oh, man. That's wild. Um, but listen, that we we got the oh, oh shit, that's that's wrong. Brother Jane, yeah, but uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm through with my I'm through with my pieces. I'm through my pieces, and I'm gonna wrap them up in fourteen hundreds. Where this when they starting to really. They 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 got their they got their thing together. Eugene and called these councils. They I just read some of the some of the uh, madness that they putting in there. What basically it is is that they just they consolidating. You feel me? That's what they doing. They consolidating. So then that way they can hold it down and and move forward on anybody at any point in time. So I believe that's what our brother Walter Wales was saying with the fourteen forty five is that fourteen forty five was the last was the last council where they knew that listen, we bringing this back here, nowhere else. And from that point on that point in time it was um known that the seat of Christianity was inside of Europe. Rome. In Rome. Uh, yeah, Rome. Yeah, yeah, and, and, in Rome. And, and this is why they are in their DNA is homosexuality because it everything they do in their order is to relegate women. That's why even today you will see no women giving out their so-called holy water. I mean, you know the the what they call that stuff when they give them the bread and the wine. 
the communion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is designed in the whole order that no women will ever be allowed to do that because, you know, to be in that order of the cardinals and the priests and all that stuff, it's homosexuality at the crust of it. Oh, yeah, now it's pure body business. True. I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, Sister Camille. It's on you. <laughs> they wasn't, it wasn't good enough to replace a saw of wood to create a creature's serratus. It wasn't good enough to take the offset, replace with the created creature, the Virgin Mary, right? Right. Or then make serratus uh, Christ. <laughs> Wasn't good enough for that. They had to take the woman out, just like the sister said, make your father the son. That's that. Not only is it homosexuality, but it's pedophilia all up in it too. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. You know, exactly. And, and their whole religion is relegated on denigrating the woman. Period. That was what they was doing when they was having all those wars. Not only were they killing, you know, men warring with men, but they were killing the women because the women. We're still dealing with the ancient way of practicing the gods, you know, uh, uh, the deities of the gods and the goddesses. And so they had to kill the women or make them submit to Christianity. And the women who would not submit, then they would kill them saying they was witches or believed in voodoo or, or they were crazy, you see. And and this whole thing about denigrating the woman comes from Christianity, because that was not the way we practiced. We had the gods and goddesses, and, you know, there was equality in that. But with this Roman Christianity deities, like the sister just said, they just wiped the woman out of it, period. It's just about the man and the boy. And you notice, you notice how they have people feeling like when a woman have a boy, oh, it's so beautiful, but when they have a girl, it's just okay, you see. All that is because having boys to the king meant they would have sons to relegate into their homosexual deities and their homosexual orders. Now, you're they saying did. that. Now, that's exactly where I was going to hit, exactly when you're saying that, is that they they transferred their mythology into religion. They transferred their, their, their thoughts on how life was supposed to be, their agape love. They transferred that right into their religion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what they did. You know, they took uh, Zeus and, and, and Ganymede. They took that and put it into the religion. They said, hold up, man. Now, we already been believing it. We want to make everybody believe it and lay it down that this is the foundation of what we're going to do. This is, our, this is our way right here. You know, we always seen that they're um, – mythological deities were always involved in homosexual acts of their own, you know, homosexual, bestiality, all type of, all type of wildness. That's why I say it's bestiality also in, in, uh, in the twine, because any time I see the Holy Spirit, it's always a pigeon. Um, right. So no white bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if lights imitate art, look at the peck of wood art, black power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About yeah, so you know, it's been a uh, experience 
reason we done dealt into this real hard. This is definitely a session that y'all can take all three parts. Take the date, the people that we talked about, look at Chewy. Try to find contemporary literature, and, and this is and this is a question. I, I'm telling you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep asking this question, man. I, I, don't, I I don't trust that there's a such thing as Moors. I I'm saying like I think that that's a newly acquired name, not a ancient name. Didn't go back to no Seven Eleven. I don't think it went back to Seven Eleven. I don't think it went back that far. I don't think it went because there's no Turks writing about no Moors that they was in con. That they was where, who, like if the Moors was running all of Spain, where are they talking about these people at? How did they, when did they, they talk about Arabs over there? Hey, if I want So, Brother Bourne, let me ask you. Are you feeling Dr. Williams on this? Yeah, because uh, I'm gonna tell you, for the most part, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm reading through there, and I'm glad that I got this origin of Islam because it, it is a very good. Not having the origin of Christianity, but having this origin of Islam, he, he puts me to a lot of good, a good spots. And the one thing that I found that was inconsistent when I go back and look into the historical data is that I always see him like Muslim, right? But sometimes I see him like Saracen. And so it makes, and then sometimes I see Manus. So mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm right, all right, then. I'm going wrong with Dr. Williams on this right here. The thing was all Manus. There's mm-hmm. no saying that Muhammad is, is, well, when I was thinking about this Islam thing, I'm going wrong with that, and I definitely know that that's where that Christianity came from. That Christianity came from the monophysite mm-hmm. and, and nowhere else. Nowhere else. Nobody, you couldn't run me around that. And I know it holds clear because, see, that's one of the things that I think that our people will really be talking about, yo, they stole from the metal netters. They copied out the metal netters. I think that that's a wrong. Don't, don't say that to the motherfuckers. Don't say that that they stole that out the metal netters. Just plainly say that, look, man, Africans wrote that shit, period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just say we wrote it. Just no, look, we ain't stealing. It's ours. We wrote this mess. And that's why it got principles in it that we can hold fast to, but the, the, the history messed up because we didn't write it for us. We wrote it for you. We try to give them jokers something that they can hold on to because they could not understand what we was doing. So we gave it to them in the best way that we could tell it to them because they couldn't naturally live right. I say. And this is why traitors must be dealt with. The Melkites, our, our ancestors that were Melkites, African, were horrific. Instead of falling on the sword, they did not. And then our ancestors that resisted and many died still took, you know, them in. You know, they didn't know. Uh, uh, take them out after doing what they did, betraying um, our people in such a way that has had uh, ramifications to this damn day, to this day. We gave them a tool. We gave them one of the most important tools, a tool to regulate the mind. When you can check a person's mind, then you got them. 
I'm gonna tap into your I'm gonna tap into your 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 soul power. Didn't Dr. Clark speak on that? I mean, it's a lot of things where Dr. Williams correlates in a way with all of them, but he goes in deeper. That's the difference that I, I feel on the subject. You know, they were dealing with a variety of subjects, and we got to respect that. And a lot of them, they had deep information, but, you know, they may have not told us all of that, like got down into the detail because they had so much to share with us because we knew nothing. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Williams, and that's their whole point. I've actually heard the elders say that that, you know, others are supposed to come along and, and go in other areas to go even deeper, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're supposed to fill in the gaps. Like, they, mm-hmm. listen, they was coming to give us an a overview immediately. Like, listen, man, we're going to hurry up and blast y'all up. We're going to give y'all the best overview possible. Some places we might we might embellish a little bit. We might not tell you a little bit over there. But, God damn it, when we give you this, we're going to give you enough good overview that you're going to have some good foundation to take all from here. So that's what they, cause that was their job because they they had to grasp a lot of different fields at once because they couldn't be in a singular field because it was too much out there that nobody knew about. So they, they understood their people that if they were to come to their people, they had to be fluid in a lot of different areas. Got to be fluid in a lot of different areas because I can't just, I just can't be able to do it in one. You can't because you ain't going to be able to make the proper connections. You ain't going to be able to see the story right. If you only, if you only archaeology, if you only do archaeology, you're not going to be able to, you ain't going to be understand the, the literary work. If you only in language, if you only dealing with the language, you might, you might not understand some of their cultural things. So you got a person like Dr. Clark, Dr. Ben, they just dealing with all different aspects. <clears throat> you know, you're, you're dealing with Chester Williams, they dealing with all different aspects. She can't do job. That's not the same thing. They all dealing with all different aspects. They trying to give us the best overview possible because they know that this shit is, un, this is unseen, this unheard of information, man. Our people is not tapped into this, so I got to tap into everything that I can because they couldn't find people tapped in. Mm-hmm. But you see correlations because Dr. Clark speaks about how the Africans had made the Jews in control of the mind science. Now, the time period that he's talking about, if you look at uh, – uh, the beginning of that, Dr. Walter Williams is saying that's when these Melkite Coptic Egyptians went into Spain. Then when you look at that same damn topic in the beginning of it, you have Solomon Bar Isaac and Moses Maimonides. Well, Moses Maimonides come out of Spain. Okay? That Dr. Williams speak on. So you, you see the correlations here. Uh, through all of the uh, uh, master teachers, uh, uh, elders, that I feel, that's how I feel about all of them, um, through their work. You know what I mean? Mackey going in on the Jews coming out of Spain. And and with the language Ladino, come on, man. You see it. Uh, What's that, Sephardi Jews? They're Sephardi. Who came over here? And that's the thing about the Sephardic Jews. See, this is what I was saying about over here is that they had they had 
mosque and synagogue side by side. If you go look at South, you can pull up pull up mosques and synagogues in South America. You'll see them they sitting fifty yards away from each other. How hard is y'all beefing with y'all shit right there on the same block? Mm-hmm. This is like shit. the uh, so-called Middle East, brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this some other shit that y'all talking about. This some other shit, something else going on here, man. Y'all on the same game. Y'all on the same game. Yeah, it's just the crusade shit still going on, the political shit. They call it ISIL now, right? Whatever the fuck, you feel me? That's all this shit is, family. Mm-hmm. Political shit, man. Political. And I'll even say that Judaism, <clears throat> which I'm in agreement with the best Dr. Walter Williams on this, comes much later, and that it is uh, off of the branch of monotheism, that's why um, that show where Brother Micarab broke down the relationship between the Cracker Beast Martin Luther with the Protestants and, and the Jews and the Knights Templar, how they all mm-hmm. are because they all come out of that same branch as well. Um, Martin Luther the Cracker would only accept the Old Testament. He would not accept the New Testament, which deals with what? So rapists at the end of the day and the diatheistic uh, argument. If, you know what I mean? Now, listen. Yeah, I got to, I got to, I got to do some digging because I'm telling you, man. I was seeing some shit they were saying. Oh, all right. They had a completed New Testament, but they had completed the Old Testament. Oh, I don't know how to listen, but I, 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 I let me. I got to check into this, man, because I know they didn't have no completed nothing, man. They they keep trying to tell me this shit, man. Yeah, I, I ain't had no completed nothing, man. Prove that. Prove that, man. Prove it's complete, man. Show it, show it to me. Stop telling me this stuff complete. So you know, you can pull together some papers and say this is this and this is that. But I, you know, and I can say you probably did have something complete. It was complete as what it was, but it ain't complete as what you got now. Plus, it's a made-up. To a created creature built around shit that African traders originally pinned down and the making of this shit, making up rituals and all this other shit. It's disgusting. Well, we, we learned our lesson. What about? What about this thesis? It's my own. I'm not saying it's, you know, scholarly. But why why is all of this fighting going on over there in the so you know, where we know it is the it is the cradle of civilization. I mean, it's where everything began, closest to the equator in what used to be called the Mesopotamian Valley. Why is all the fighting going on? You know, they say it's about oil, they say it's about nuclear weapons and all that, but you know, I have been thinking on this for some years, and, and my thought is this. Uh, be, it, be it wrong, according to the, the so-called uh, prophecy, the Islamic world, once they start fighting the Crusaders, even though their religion is still based on the same trinity and whatnot, they call themselves 
protecting the Holy Grail, protecting the Holy Land, right? Perhaps even in their in their in their stupidity that they are protecting that land and still is 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 doing it under the skies of still the same type of religious order, but still protecting it from what they say is Christianity or from the the Caucasian people who want to overtake that land. This is just a thought. Perhaps what is really the reason why the non-melanin, non-pigmentated people, which we know are the Caucasians today, want that land is because pre-tell there may be some hidden treasures, some hidden knowledge there that have been protected over the over the centuries that they are trying to get to that has something to do with the original man and woman. Because it's not just I just I just don't think it's about, like you said I don't think it's just about oil and all that kind of stuff you know I think you know this is my own thesis you know that it's something deeper that they are trying to get a hold of that land for. No, they they can destroy everything. You see. Sister, did you say that that area called Mesopotamia is the oldest what? No, Mesopotamia in that area where. um, No, I said you. No, did you? You classified as being the oldest something. I said it's supposed to be the where the the cradle of civilization began. You believe that? Well, that's it. Used to be Africa, sister. It's still Africa. They've divided it. They they've taken it and changed the names and whatnot. It was still Africa. No, no, but you believe that area is the cradle of civilization? Yeah, I do. From from my yeah, area. That, that the Nile Valley tells you that that is not the case. The home? The Nile Valley, for example. I'm just starting there because we're we going to go on down or go on up, up south. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, we'll be now, moving we up say, up. If you want to say is the so-called according to the Bible, don't come to, uh, according to the biblical account. Well, I mean, that is, I'm not saying that that was the name back, you know, yeah. in the original time. No, no, I'm saying, but I understand what you're saying, that even though if they didn't dig the Suez Canal, that that area right, will also right. be connected. That area will also be connected continentally to what we call Africa. Now, I understand, what, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, Queen. I'm just I'm saying this. This is what, what I'm saying, though, is that according to, at least according to the data, scientifical data that we have right now, the the um cradle of civilization is in the Adobe Gorge, which is in inside the innermost part of what we know as Africa, not on the outer limits closer to what we would call uh Asia, uh Asia Minor, not in that area, but inside the um like I say in the Congo region. Mm. According to the data that's at least all the scientific data that we have right now that has um been verified. You know, anything Word. come older, we'll, we'll have to change our stance as that person, you know, for what we see that is uh, shown to be more credible. But Again, I'm I, understand, of, uh, I understand where you're coming from, with, though, that Mesopotamia, according to biblical lore, it is the cradle of civilization, has some old things there. 
I would. This is what you know. You saying that, and and I and I say my. If I was to think of something different, or why they was there, it would be for more scientific reasons. So that's what they was created at. I think they was creating people created around in that area somewhere. Them and the Arab both playing the game together. The 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 light skinned white man, who we call the white man, and the light skinned white man. I mean, in the, the dark skinned white man, who we look at as the Arab or Persian, whatever they want. I, I ain't going to say Persian, but the Arab, Indo European, darker, Turk, Mongol type so, of. Uh, so, what you're saying is that you believe that. Okay, what I'm going by is the cradle of civilization was nearest to the equator. So you're saying mm-hmm. that there's there's another place that is more centered to the equator in Africa. No, yeah. Yeah. The, the Congo, the Congo is the equator. The con- if you if you pull up a map of if you pull up a map and you see where where what we would call Mesopotamia sits at or the land that was that was once called Mesopotamia, or that they recall the cradle of civilization that they're fighting over right now. Now they're also fighting inside. They're trying to take over Africa, but that land map that you're talking about with them Jews and them Arabs right there allegedly fighting, but brother, me, allegedly fighting but each other. But believe me, believe me, my I am not even going along with anything about no Jews and Arabs. I, I don't care anything about that stuff. My I be always thinking about the ancient times. But I'm no, I'm just, no, I'm just saying, I'm just using that as a term to say the area, just to talk about the area, is that the area that you're talking about right there where we call today Jerusalem, uh, Palestine, or whatever. What they call it now today. All right. All right. Time, I have read where it was called the Herb Valley. Which yeah, you just, no, that's a, yeah, yeah, that's all. I, I, just, I just wanted to make sure that we were talking about the same area. That's the only reason why I use Jews and Abraham to describe right. it, because right now, those are the people who are there. Yeah, I, I wanted to make sure that we were separate. Right. I, nah, I'm saying I just wanted to make sure because once I, once I stated that right there, I would know we weren't talking about uh, what we would call innermost continental part of Africa. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about the innermost continental part of Africa near the Congo in Africa. You know, that's the that's the area that I'm speaking of. I'm saying that that area is the cradle of civilization. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that say that's closer to the equatorial line. That right there is closer to the equatorial line. Then the area that we would that um uh, that we're referring to where the so called Jew in Arab is up there fighting over. That's a different area that's further you know, that's, that's you know, that's more like I said, that's more getting into the Asian Minor, right outside of the Caucasus. That's more of the area that they would say Noah landed at. Okay. That would be, that'd be the Noah-type area. That's all I'm saying. That's more of like the biblical area of the cradle of civilization per what the um, science, science says that it's further down into what we call Africa. All right. Yeah, so... So that's a different. So that I'm saying that I think they're fighting over there for a whole other reason. That they, you know, it's more of a, a land grab thing. You know, that's a, that's a crossroad for a lot of different places. You know what I'm saying? It's a crossroad place where if you get that area, it's strategic in the world. You are right there. Um, 
You're right there in Europe. You're right there in Asia. You're right there in Africa. You know what I mean? Which has, uh, you know, which has a lot of resources that if you stood there in the middle, you'll be able to control those resources. Uh, also, they, I think that they're genetically um, likened to each other. So a lot of that is that they're fighting over who could really try to run Africa. They really know that they can't live in that landmass per that they, if they did come down there living in there, they would just burn up. They'd be skin cancer for their ass all over the place into the area. You know, let's say went to South Africa where they normally be at, or they stay, you know, you see what they do. They stay either far up on the top or way down on the bottom. Because they know they can't really live in between. Because they try to live in between. We all we got to do is, is bang rock. What's gonna happen to their ass? Uh, I, I I hear you. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so I don't know. You know, that's what I would say. I think it's some type of you know they want they want that landmass for uh, political reasons, but also I think that they're just uh, mutant beasts who just. And some and they just they just fighting each other because they mad at each other. They don't like each other, you know. They'll never they'll never like each other. They don't like nobody else. They wanted you know. I, I look at the Arab is when I look at it here. Uh, what what we call I don't even call it here. Once we look at the fur, I'm gonna be for real about this. Once we look at the fur on this animal being, then we know that they are different. They are something other than us. And so I'm looking at them all as the same type of creatures, and that's some type of mutated land that they called back to. And that's a mutation land where they spun off. Because remember, they call themselves the Aryans also. The Aryans also, who was part, who, who are part of the uh, Indian Dravidian-looking type of people. Then the Aryans. So I think that they fighting with they that they that they daddy that they fighting with. We we thinking the wrong thing. We thinking they are wicked children. And they made ours and they except yours. If your stepchildren over there, what's going on? Y'all just mutated reject from us, but that's your child directly, Mister Indian and Mister Pakistani, Mister. Mr. Saudi Arabia, them your white children right there. Them your, them your albino kids. Don't try to put that on us. Don't even try it. Cracker, don't even try it. <laughs> oh, man. I'm saying this, right? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something that um, I use the knowledge of knowing who white people are. I use the knowledge of knowing who they are to keep me from being so angry uh, uh, when I'm looking at them at times. Because what it does is it makes me look at them in a scientific type of way. Like, look at this. This is really a talking animal. Really? Like, you, wow. And, uh, and, I, and, I'm like, Man. and you really might think that you're smarter than me. You're a talking animal, though. And there's no way a talking animal could be smarter than me. And so, you know, no matter what they do, I, there's nothing that can save me right now when I deal with them just on, like, regular, regular one-on-one basis because they're animals. And you can make animals do whatever you want them to do. All you got to do 
is press the animal buttons. You know what I'm saying? You got to have little treats. You got to know when you give them a treat every once in a while. And animals do what you want to do. Look at this. Damn, look at this here. This is what is amazing me right now, is that these really are talking animals, and we got a problem with them. It's just like a... It's like a whole different thing. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's fucking bugging my brain, man. It's bugging me out. I'm like, damn, this is a... I don't know what... You might be talking chip, but you might be data. You, what you know, who knows what you are? It might be part Billy Goat. I don't see no Billy Goat out there, man. You might be Billy Goat. I'm talking to I don't know what, what, what animal are you. And I look at them, and, I, and I'm telling you, yo, listen, man. Honestly, man, this is my word, man. This is the way that I, this is the way that I deal with them. So, and, and like, I just not really came to this realization. I'm telling y'all, this. I just came to this realization because I'm like, hey, I was like, you know what I mean? I got a real disdain for them. You know what I mean? So I, I come to this. I'm just looking at it. So just yesterday, I'm like, that kind of epiphany was just like, damn, this is. Like a talking chip, like really. I'm like, damn, what the hell? And I'm just looking at it, and this one looks like a talking pig, really. But you know, pig, monkey, whatever the hell, it's all animal. But at the end of the day, I said, damn, you know, I really, I really got to take my time and and use this cracker. For what, how dumb he really is. Because his practice is dumb. And they talking fucking animals. And so people, we got to do we got to do better. Because these talking motherfucking animals. But little, you know, I'm glad you know, I think it might have came from that talk we had when you said your your cousin was um playing the video and little Mexican said to him you mean I'm a, I'm a chimp? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and so I think it was playing in the back of my head or something, man. Because I'm sitting there, I'm just looking at it like I have my headphones on. I'm leaving out of therapy, and a white woman like she, she like spoke to me, and I know, and I know her. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, all right, what? And she just walked over and started talking to me. I'm just looking at her. I'm like, yeah, she looks like a fucking talking animal. And all I could do was smile at her. Because I I was going to bust out laughing, but I couldn't. But it was just like, I don't, I don't want to just bust out laughing because I might have to tell you what I'm laughing about. Because if you ask me, I'm going to tell you. And, and right now, I don't feel like telling you that I was laughing at you because you're a talking animal. Because I'm using y'all right now for this therapy and shit. I don't need no problems coming up here. Y'all fucking me over on me walking. I need my. I need to make sure I can get in the pool and do all this other shit. Uh, I know how crackers play. And then the one thing that bugged me out is I always got on some, yo. Know, man, I got shirts with. I got. Man, every time they see me, I got on some shit that look anti. 
anti-white. This just a black first. I got like three black first shirts that I wear on a regular basis. Uh, my Dr. Ben I wear on a regular. I'm always red, black, and green out. Always on some whole other, always, I got shit with uh, this. Oh, I, shit, there's so many crackers. I got, I got a picture of these crackers. They, they, they done killed the black man. It's just they don't never forget. Whole, uh, uh, there's a whole lynching scene. Uh, we're just sitting in the crackers. We looking at all, saying nothing. I don't know why I never asked about that shit. So I know they know what time it is, but. <laughs> they like that shit though. They always want to speak to me. They want to be friendly as hell. They be want to be friendly as hell. So I said, well, I said, if you friendly than a motherfucker. I said, man, the more black I act, the more friendlier they get. How can you not respect a man that respects itself? I say, Read these crackers here. I said, look at this here. See, y'all, this is something else. So now I laugh at them. I'm laughing. And, and, I, and, I, and I adore my people, man. And listen, man, I'm telling you, I tell all my people, look, man, take into account who you're dealing with. This is a talking animal. This is a chunk you're talking to. Take that into account the next time when I'm pissing you off. Take that into account. Look at the monkey. Monkey don't even try. And, you know, <laughs> go see from there. But if you're in any situation and you can take advantage of this chunk, please do your best to take advantage of the chunk. Do not let, don't let them chumps off. Trust me on that. Don't let them chumps off. And I, and, and that's something I got to make sure I capitalize on these chunks because they got all the type of stuff that they, they give out. Don't let them chumps off with you for nothing. If you want it, get it for the chumps. They got all, they got more than they need. Get it for the chump first. Even though you know that they don't want to give it to you, they might not. Still, make the chimp go after the chimp first. Why? Because they owe. All right. All right, well, who's that going off in the background? Huh? Not good. Who's in the background? You got me in the screen. <laughs> but uh, that's my little diatribe for right now. Uh, uh, what's going on out there, family? My, uh, we got any questions? Anybody got? Let me let me check in the chat room and see if we got any questions in the chat room. Let me see. Let me see what's happening.
Anybody got any questions, anything you want to add on? Brother Cause, what's going on out there, man? What's popping, Brother Cause? We got Toya 38 out there. Uh huh. But the cause was banging, man. What's going on? He ain't tight, nothing inside the, uh, inside the chat room. What's going on? Uh, race first. That's Sister McKeon. Black Power, that's me. Black Power, what's going on, Queen? How are you tonight? I'm doing good. Enjoying the show. All right, all right. All right, you yeah. Know. What's up, Sister Camille? Black power, my sister. What's, What's up? up? <laughs> Black power all the way. Already, so, you know, we're just calling out to the family. We're probably going to, you know, we're going to go into the after party. And since we like doing it, right, yo, listen, right, check this out. I don't know what's going on with my, uh, I'm going to call y'all, though, on the hangouts. We're going into the hangout after party. We're going to make it a study session. We might bring out anything and all different type of uh, information out there. So now if you um, got my Gmail address, which is blackpowerblock at Gmail, hit me up if you want to be privy to the uh, after party. Um, again, that's blackpowerblock at Gmail. You know, so you can get in on the after party. I just want to shout out that queen and her king uh, for having their feet on the ground and definitely being about that BB for holy hate black power. Yeah, definitely the Queen of Earth King give us a salute, you know what I'm saying? They they tune in on a regular. You know, we we start to make sure that we keep it real. Sometimes it's rugged, sometimes it's raw. But it's for the it's for the people. It's only for our real people, you know what I mean? They understand what we're talking about over here. You know, this ain't this ain't game time if you know. Laugh and jokes, we have time for motherfucking uh, you know, this ain't playground land. We ain't, we ain't going to debate this shit. Now, we debating it. It's going to be serious. We're going to be cutting to the chase. And sometimes, uh, you know, don't be offended. It's all in, it's all in, it's all in the BB4 ODA. <laughs> it's all in the BB4 ODA. That's it. Nothing left. Yeah, definitely. But we'd like to thank everybody for coming out tonight, you know, uh, because of the context of the show, we want to make sure that we keep it concise and don't let the show go on as we normally do because we'll have a topic and we just let it run. But because we just cleaned up everything on this uh, origins of Christianity, we see the seat of power, you know, after 1506, after the 1445 uh, edict, you know what I mean, by Eugene IV, you know, the, the seat of Christianity has then become Rome. And uh, Vatican City has commenced to be built upon the uh, building of St. Peter's in 1506. The whole uh, of the city was completed in 1623. Uh, it might be 1632, but I'm, but I'm pretty sure it's 1623, common era. And so uh, that's it. And with that being said, we'd like Thank everybody for coming out. Let me see what's that going on. What's the email again? That's Black Power Block. Black 
power block. Yeah, shoot me an email. And uh, like I said, we're about to uh, wrap it up. And let me see, is there, is there any announcements, anything that needs to be announced? Anybody got anything going on? I know the sister Leah, you got a show. When is your show coming on? Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Get the people to get the people the time and and, uh, and everything. You gave him the time. I'm sorry, 4 to 7, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. All right. All right. Hey, I'll go ahead and throw your number out there. Right. Get it on. 1-619-393-2869. And thank you. And uh-huh. enjoy the program. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, indeed. I thank everybody for coming out. And you know, um, you know, ending like we come in. You know, this uh, show is always dedicated to the elders. You know, it's always dedicated to uh, Dr. John Henry Clark. And we all always, you know, also keep the light of Dr. Amos Wilson on the program. Uh, tonight, though, we were tonight in the last three, three. In this series of the origin of Christianity, we will uh, utilize the powerful works of our doctor, Doctor Walter Williams, one of our, our finest scholars, and we would like to also make sure that you uh, still hold in good remembrance the passing of uh, the great now ancestor Doctor Joseph Ben Yakinan, who you know um, passed. This past Thursday, so we're going to give uh, Dr. Ben that celebration that he needs to have and make sure that we move on in the spirit of truth, honest, African-centered scholarship. Beauty for Holy Eight, praise Nat Turner, glory to Garvey, along with the spirit of Dr. Khalid Abdul Muhammad, praise Harriet Tubman, glory to Ida B. Wells, and long live the spirit of Sister Fanny Lou Hamer. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.